Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, joining us, joining you in the live chat today, sitting right over there. Oh, and he's happy today. Yeah, baby. Moonfall. Mr. Rayora. Let's go. It's Moonfall Day. It's Moonfall Day. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, we're going to go watch Moonfall tonight. We're going to go grab some dinner and go watch Moonfall in Burbank. And also joining us there is sitting right beside Ray is Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. I wore my NASA shirt because I know this is going to be a very scientifically accurate film. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> scientifically accurate. And in co of course, joining us also, I guess this makes it officially No Pants Wednesday because Aaron Cummings is here. It's Aaron and Joey Bishop, but it's Aaron. this is the first time in like two years that Aaron and Chris are going to be on the same episode. It's good to have I you here. I know, yes. And in fact, we were so excited that someone went to the beauty parlor. Oh, and it's not it's me. Joey Bishop went to she the beauty groomed. parlor yesterday. She got groomed to see her auntie Chris. She's so excited. It's been oh. two years since we've been together. And Chris... I have missed you so much. I've missed you so much. I feel like such a creep because I'm always just like on your Instagram where I'm like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Nothing, Get in, girl. You know what? There's a lot of creeps on my Instagram, but you by far are the creepiest and I'm into creep. it. You're my favorite creep I'll on all these. I'll stop sending the dick pics Every stalker No, Instagram. I don't want you to stop <laughs> sending those dick pics. I don't know whose dicks they are, but they're the only dicks that I want I on my find, Instagram. You know. you know, the last Do time not send me dick pics. Please, <laughs> do not. <laughs> the last time I saw you three on, I watched a video and I think it was the earthquake video. <gasps> Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, the earthquake you guys video. have not seen the earthquake video there was an actual earthquake and it wasn't like a little like bah, 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 bah. oh do no. i feel something it was no. at first it was yeah at first we were like what's going on and the reaction that was so different between the three of us because chris was like on a ride at disneyland i had never like, been awake so one. i was so excited and then i was also on a ride at disneyland because i don't like roller coasters <laughs> um i was losing my shit i was literally ready to like jump in the bathtub and put a mattress over my head and you were just like and we're gonna keep the show going because yeah. i'm yeah. professional i was just an, i was just annoyed it right. went downhill I was annoyed that there you was guys went downhill when the sign fell behind yeah John. things were yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. Like, you looked at my face when the sign fell because I, I was trying to keep it that together. Sign's heavy. And then the sign fell. I'm like, <sighs> all right. And we're then gonna... we had to cut the feed, and <laughs> yeah. the live chat was like, oh my God, oh, yeah, Los Angeles has we had broken off. We had to leave the house because like things were falling off of shelves and all when that. When that sign yeah. fell, I was like, okay, get out of there. Get out of it there. It still wasn't as bad as when you pretended to not know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. That's I mean, they're the same thing. thing. That was, like, it was the, the, the room shook. It was all the same. Stars thing. and sand, you know, Chris was laughing. Everybody was laughing at me. Yes. Anyway, guys, it is good to have you here. And we're glad that you're joining us along for the ride today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show up into two parts in the first half of the show we're going to talk about some predetermined topics then in the second half of the show we're going to take your live comments and questions now we're doing something a little bit special today i'll tell you about that in a second but how do you get a live comment or question on the show it's easy one of two ways number one if you're watching live and only if you're watching live you can use the super chat feature in the youtube chat that we haven't turned on yet but we will turn it on a little bit later in the show or if you're watching this video any of the other 22 hours during the day, simply go down to the description of this video. You'll see a tip link there. Click on that or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on a show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate for our show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. Now, 
For those of you watching live, you might have noticed that the Super Chat feature is not turned on yet. And here's, but that does not stop uh, Colin McGoldrick from sending in like a $20 Super Chat badge in the live chat anyway. Thank you, Colin, uh, very much. But here's what we're doing today. Our final topic of the day is going to be talking about the newest episode of the Book of Boba Fett, also titled the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5, The Return of the Mandalorian. So we're going to talk about it, but we don't normally on the show go into spoiler details, but we are today. We're going to talk spoilerishy about the episode because we can't do an open spoiler discussion later today because we're going to go see what Moonfall. Right? Moonfall. We're going to go see Moonfall later today, so we're going to do an open spoiler. So that way, you guys can hang out for the whole show, and then if you don't want to hear a spoiler discussion about uh, Boba Fett Episode 5, you guys can leave. So what we're going to do is, <laughs> right when we're about to start the Book of Boba Fett topic, we will turn on the Super Chat feature. Because I don't want people firing in a whole ton of spoiler questions oh, while right. we're doing the regular thing. So we will turn on the Super Chat feature once we start the Book of Boba Fett thing, and then you guys will be allowed to send them in. And by the way, Colin, by the way, I just noticed Colin is also a good Canadian kid. Colin also sends in an, another $50 Super Chat badge in the live chat. Hey, yo. Also known as $8 American. So thank you so much. No, no seriously, still Colin. Still appreciated. Thank you so much. Still appreciated. I, still appreciated. Thank you, Colin, very much for that. Appreciate that, man. All right, guys. With all that down, there's one other piece of housekeeping I want to make sure you guys are aware of. If you need your daily fix of the John Campia Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting or maybe you're at the gym, good news, there's an audio-only version of the show that we simply call the John Campia Show Podcast. Go on your favorite podcasting app of choice, just search for the show, and subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it, and we all thank you guys who have already subscribed. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. I don't think you can have a conversation anywhere with anybody about greatest comedy TV shows of all time without The Office at least coming up in the conversation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a bunch of people will say it's the greatest, but even if they don't say the greatest, I mean, I think nine people out of 10 will at least say it's probably in the top five. It is a treasure. It is still part of my nightly, semi-nightly TV roulette game where sometimes when Ann and I don't really have any time to do anything, mm -hmm. but we're eating dinner, we know we can either pop on The Office or Parks and Rec, mm. and then just flip through the episodes, closing our eyes, hit play, and whatever episode it lands on, we know we're going to laugh. We know we're going to laugh and have a really good time. Now, some people from The Office haven't done a lot since the show aired. Um, some have done quite a lot. Mindy Kaling has, has been yeah. killing with her career. And obviously, Steve Carell, and then after Steve Carell, John Krasinski. And John Krasinski has also become known as a pretty damn good director with the Quiet Place thing. Yeah. Well, Krasinski is directing another movie called If, and he's going to be directing Steve Carell. Wow. And uh, now he already had Ryan Reynolds attached, which good for you, Krasinski, for getting a good Canadian kid, Ryan Reynolds attached. But Steve Carell, this is coming to death from us uh, from Deadline. Steve Carell, Alan Kim, Kaylee Fleming, and Louis Gossett Jr., do I look like a you boy? That's one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Thank you, Lou Goss Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, thank you, Lou Gossett Jr. for that. Anyway, he was also just great recently in uh, The Watchmen. He oh, that's yeah, right. he kind of popped up on it. Is that Lou Gossett Jr.? Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, so, uh, and Ryan Reynolds are joining up. Now, this comes to us from Deadline to write the following. Fans of The Office uh, look to be getting a long-awaited reunion as Steve Carell is set to join former Office cohort John Krasinski in The Quiet Place Helmer's next directing gig 
if at Paramount Pictures. Alan Kim, Kaylee Fleming, and Louis Gossett Jr. are also on board joining Ryan Reynolds as Krasinski, who will star in the pick. Phoebe Waller-Bridge and uh, Fiona Shaw are also on board. What a cast! That's an incredible cast. <laughs> Details are being kept under wraps, but the story is based on Krasinski's original idea about a child's journey to rediscover their imagination. Krasinski will direct, write, and produce the original film via his company, Sunday Night, with partners uh, Allison Seeger and Andrew Form producing. Reynolds will also produce with his company, Maximum Effort, and George Dewey will executive produce. Anyway, what it's about, I'm not going to lie to you, I almost don't care. <laughs> John Krasinski directing, because you got to know, I my favorite film of 2018 was A Quiet Place. Like, it was my number one favorite film of the year. I loved A Quiet Place too. What he has shown he's able to do as a director is nothing short of amazing. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, this cast, Lewis, Academy Award winner, Lewis Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. You start putting this together, being directed by him. I, I, you could almost say any formulaic synopsis and I'm on board. This sounds to me like it's great. I'm very excited. Uh, Aaron, you hear about this. I know... You know, you're a big fan of a lot of these people. What do you think about this? Does this excite you? Like, what do you think about actually having Krasinski and Corral reunited? Well, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and out myself and just say what I said before the show started. And you said, hey, we've got an off the top. Steve Carell and John Krasinski are going to be reunited for this new project. And ding dong doofus over here so what else did they work on together? And the entire, like, the record scratched. Everyone in the room looked at me and went, uh... There's a show called The Office. You might have heard of it. So, yes. And in fact, this is not the first time that John Krasinski will be directing his on-screen boss because John Krasinski also directed many episodes of um, the, office the Office and yeah. was a producer on The Office, which we don't know. You know, the word producer, especially in television, we don't know exactly to what capacity that meant. Obviously, as the show goes on and becomes more successful, some of the more uh, higher ups on the show as far as the cast goes do you get to get those producer credits but um, this sounds incredible you know one of the things that uh, is often said about directing is that the uh, once you once you get the right cast, the directing part is easy, and the, and the and that the actual casting is the hardest part of directing because really, when you put together the right ingredients and you have you put together. Uh, performers who naturally have chemistry with one another and who embody the spirit of what that role is supposed to be, you kind of then just get to let them play. You create a playpen for them and you go, okay, now do your thing. And that's when the magic really happens. So I'm thrilled that John Krasinski, not just as an actor, but also as a director, is able to put on both of those hats and know who the right people are for those roles. It's going to create that magic. And I think that we're really going to see that happen. Chris, when you hear about this, I know you're a fan of The Office mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot to be excited here. Krasinski directing, Krasinski yeah. and Corral together again, Ryan Rouse, Waller Bridge. And like, what stands out to you? What really makes this an interesting story to you? I mean, honestly, what really stands out to me right now is that Ryan Reynolds is going to be acting in something. It was just in December that he mm. was telling folks he was going to take a step back. He was going to take a bit of a sabbatical so he could spend more time with his family. Now, that's not to say doing one film is going to kind of derail that. But it gets me excited to know, hey, this must be a really good project. Not Mm. only is it, hey, he gets to work with his buddies who he really enjoys, but it means to me that this script is going to be really, really good. Plus, I I mean, come on, Fleabag is in it. 
Let's do this. It's going to be so good. <laughs> and it also makes me wonder if that means that he put it in his contract that Blake Lively and kids are, you know, coming along for the ride, yeah. which means, hey, maybe Blake will make a little bit of a cameo. So who knows? Well, remember, I think with a guy who's as busy as Ryan Reynolds has been, a sabbatical, I mean, three or four months is could be sure. a sabbatical, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he, he wrapped, he was shooting a movie in Boston and I believe he finished like at the end of October. And I don't think he's done any filming since. So November, December, January, it's almost February. So that's that already been be like four break. or five months. Yeah, yeah a lot even, of these actors are booked up back to back to back and go in from literally from one project straight into the next, sometimes even overlapping. Yeah, indeed they do. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I'm very excited. Now, I would be especially excited if we find out Krasinski at least gives himself a little cameo, just a little yeah. cameo in this, just to give us a second of him and Carell on screen together. But even they don't, this is exciting. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comments section below and leave us your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's do one more off the top, and that is this. You guys know what I'm about to say. My most anticipated movie of the year is... Moonfall, baby! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not it? What are you going to do why after you, today? Why are you even going? <laughs> oh, after today, it's only going to get like it's only gonna get worse. <laughs> He's going to double down on yeah. that. That's fair. That's fair. For sure. Okay, sorry. Let me rephrase. Personally, my favorite, most anticipated movie of the year is, of course, The Batman. Uh, that is one. There's several others I'm really, really stoked about. The Northman, I can't wait for. Cyrano, can't wait for. Thor, Love and Thunder, can't wait for. A lot of them. But it's The Batman. It's The Batman all day, every day. This is what I am most excited about. This is the one that is perfectly set up to truly break my heart. Uh, and it's not great because I'm expecting that it will be great. They have been amping up. The marketing this. We said the other day that this is the, the the mark that is signaling to us they're about to really put the marketing into overdrive. We're going to start seeing a lot of TV spots and still images and posters and all this kind of stuff. And sure enough, we've been getting a regular diet of stuff over the last couple of weeks. And today, the newest thing dropped, which is they've dropped a new official poster for the Batman. And, here's a, and we get a pretty good look at... Uh, Dan Paul Dano as Riddler wrapped up in the mask. We get a little shot there of Colin Farrell, of course, Zoe Kravitz in, uh, and there's the poster there. And I do really like my favorite thing about this poster is that little question mark that is also double functioning as a target, like a scope target, like the Riddler's got you in his sights. That to me is honestly the most interesting thing about this poster. Otherwise, not a terribly creative poster. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah. it's still my most anticipated movie of the year. Make no doubt about it. Uh, floating head poster. I mean, it's a little bit more than floating head. But like, look, if you cut off the poster to just this part, you just cut off the poster that I think this is a fabulous poster. Well, mm -hmm. and that's the first image I saw too. Went, ooh, okay. The rest of it, and I say this the is somebody who's not good at Photoshop or anything. I'm not artistic. The rest of it feels a little, a little fan-made. If it, I'm being kind of honest, it honestly does. Like this kind of looks like maybe it could be a fan. Now remember, Matt Reeves is not the one who made this poster. Oh, absolutely. The filmmakers are not the one who made the the, the posters. I keep telling people this all the time. The reason I don't get terribly excited about posters in general is because posters do nothing to make a movie better or worse. Exactly. It can affect your anticipation for a movie. But if this is the worst poster in the world, then it's not. But if it was the worst poster in the world, I know 
it has absolutely no bearing on how good or bad the movie is. Yeah, if it was the best poster in the, in the world, it would have no bearing on how good or, the movie, good or bad it is. But again, this to me is a tale of two posters. There's the bottom half, as is dating life, right? There's the Or a date. There's the bottom half and the top half. The bottom half. What? Okay. Whoa. I'm going to need you to pump the brakes and rewind. Time. Pause. Rewind. Explain (laughs) what the what are you? The bottom half, which is clearly not wearing pants. The bottom half of relationship. I'm talking eras. I don't know what you freaks are thinking about. I'm talking about eras. Anyway, getting back to the poster. The bottom half is all action. The bottom half is all action. Right, you got you got the the flames the back. We <laughs> do not get it. Not all action. Yes, we clearly know where John Campia is looking when he's dating. He's either looking. He's either dating the top half of you. He's interested. It's intellectual. It's getting to know you. He wants to know what you're feeling and thinking. Ooh. And then there's the bottom half, baby, the which is all is. action. John Campia is not dating you for the top half. He's dating you for the bottom half, baby. He wants that bottom half action. Let's make a poster about that, Ray. Get on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm John, on it right I want now. a John Campia dating bottom half poster. Now I remember why we haven't done this in two years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, okay, okay. The explosions, the fire, the car, the target. That's what I meant by the accident. Gordon. The question mark, all that kind of stuff. But then... And again, at the top half, then you get into the Photoshop stuff. Although, unmask the truth. I am loving... I think it was you, Chris, that were kind of mentioning that you were digging like even the font that they were using. Or it might have been you, Aaron, talking about the font they've been using. I love the font. Unmask the truth. Like, I think that looks pretty cool. Anyway, Chris, you did have a chance to take a look at this poster. Uh, What do you think about it? Does it do anything for your anticipation of the film? I mean, not really. (laughs) It's it. Again, I like the bottom half like you were talking about here. It does look neat. Aaron, calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just kind of not not really doing anything else for me. The actual footage is what gets me excited. You know, that funeral scene like we talked about oh, the other day. So That's the good. stuff that I'm pumped about here. Um, seeing Colin Farrell in his Richard Kind costume, that doesn't really do it for me. Um, deep cut, deep cut. Yeah. It should have been Richard Kind, you coward. It should have been. Do it. Give me the Richard Kind cut. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- when I think about movie posters too, a lot of times it's... It, is this something that I would want in my house? Is kind of how I right. view them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really all they have on on my viewing of the film is do I want that as a piece of art in my home? It doesn't, like you were saying, affect how I'm going to view the actual movie. Right. Anyway, you know, Aaron, you have a chance to take a look at this. What what do you think about the poster? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it is it a poster you would hang in your house? Well, I mean, it doesn't have Aaron Cummings in the poster, so clearly not. Yeah. But, so no, it would not be a poster that I would hang in my house because you've been to my house. I have, and you know that the only posters that I hang are posters that I am in. Um, seriously, it's an I have an ego problem. But no, it's, I actually disagree with you guys as far as top half, bottom half. I think the bottom half is more interesting because it leaves That's a little what we're bit more. Saying. Oh, I thought you were saying you would like the top half. No, no, no. The, the top better. half is a little bit more generic. It's the bottom half yeah. were the flames. Oh, okay. The I yeah, misunderstood yeah. that. Yeah, because like the top half, it seems to me like the poster for a really bad B movie where like stars go to die. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like um, we'll have, uh, sorry, Hercules was the name. Sorry. 
Yeah, um, well, Hercules. Kevin Sorbo? Ke- yeah, literally. Right. It's like we have Kevin Sorbo, and I would say Eric Roberts, but now I'm watching him on Righteous Gemstones, and he's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. But it's like you literally have those 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 typical actors that you see in this movie where you're like, what is this? And how did this get made? And then you go, oh, because maybe like someone in some random country that no one's ever heard of decided to spend money to like, you know, get a random star. This is is this making sense? It's not. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, yeah, the top half just looks like they just threw together a bunch of random, you know, actors that were famous 20 years ago. And and also, I agree with you on the Richard Kind. I'm glad that you said that because why I appreciate the fact that Colin Farrell wants to expand his horizons as an actor. And I appreciate the fact that he doesn't want to be chalked up as just a pretty boy. Mm -hmm. But let's face it, Colin, you are a beautiful human being and you got to (laughs) just live with that reality. We don't want you uglying yourself up because there are ugly people who already look like the penguin who should be playing these roles. Should have been my breakout role. Paul Giamatti. (laughs) Should have been my breakout role. John Campia. Where's the Campia cut? Where's the Campia penguin? Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, like, Colin, there's so many roles you can play. Why are you taking roles away from actual unattractive people who could be playing these roles? So I think Matt, it's- look, and Matt Reeves comes to you comes and knocks on your door and says, I want you in my Batman movie. I think 99% of actors say, I'll play I'll play anything. I'll play Clayface. Yeah. You want me to play Clayface? I'll play That's Clayface. True. I mean, Bradley Cooper is doing the voice of, of a of a, uh, of a freaking raccoon. And, no, and, and, I, I'm not know, saying. Vin Diesel's doing the voice of a tree. Uh, okay, fine. Then I'm that I misplaced my ire. I now shift it to Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, why aren't you giving us hot Colin Farrell? You know, if I want to see an ugly actor, I'll watch an ugly actor. That doesn't mean they're bad actors. I love watching ugly bad act. I mean, ugly good actors all the time. But just like there's a there's an unattractive, homely you know, penguin looking motherfucker out there who would have loved to have this yeah. job and you're taking it away from them. You're taking her jobs. I, I just think he looks great. He looks amazing. And the, like you, we talked about on the show the other day, for those of you who don't know, like he's getting his own spinoff. He's getting his own penguin HBO series. Oh, that's um, fun. That they're what? Folks, yeah. The full HBO on the underground crime world of Gotham with uh, Penguin as the crime lord. So why yeah. in the world would he want to do that? Must that be amount great. of time in the makeup chair oh, for yeah, an that's entire be nuts. season. That's, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm that's not saying crazy. he shouldn't want to do that creatively. Makeup I'm not saying financially it won't be a beautiful thing. But I mean, if you go back and you look at the behind the scenes for movies like The Grinch, the mm-hmm. amount of mm-hmm. actual film time that they were able to get was so small. And that's why the filming took forever because he was in the makeup chair for like seven hours a day. Ray, I got to ask you. Because you're our you're our graphics guy. You're you're the one who puts these images together for us every day. I, I got to know what's your thoughts on on the poster. Um, I think it's okay. I mean, it's it it doesn't match all the other posters they release. That's the problem I have with it. It's like, and it looks thrown together at the top way too. Uh, there wasn't any touching up. Like you see, like the contrast of lines of the shoulders of um, Catwoman and um um. What's his name? The Riddler. Riddler. It's way it's way too uh, uh, obvious. You know they they should have faded it a little bit. But the bottom, I like the idea with the target and the question mark. Right. But I don't like that it looks like I was telling them ketchup. 
It just looks like, <laughs> and, and it doesn't stuff. look like it's on the actual poster. It looks like it's above the poster, kind of. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like like uh, someone was having their McDonald's, yeah. like they were it having looks, their nuggets on the poster. It looks like the ad. If 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 the Batman is doing a promotion with Carl's Jr., I would put this poster. <laughs> right? right, the bottom part. Like get a free Riddler cup free with your famous cup. star. Yeah. Question well, no, mark target with the it. burger behind it. Since we've seen the latte art too, this kind of looking like ketchup is yep. just like, is that the Riddler's thing now? Is that right. what he's going for? He's food art. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. You've had a chance to see this new poster. What do you think of it? Maybe you love it. Maybe you think it's great. Maybe you hate it. Maybe you're kind of in the middle like a lot of us. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, uh, let's take a second and pay some bills here and thank the sponsor of today's show, the good folks at Liquid IV. We want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of this video, Liquid IV. Now listen, just one stick of Liquid IV added to 16 ounces of water will hydrate you faster and more efficiently than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course vitamin C with three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks. And what makes Liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology or CTT. See, it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into your bloodstream faster and more efficiently. It tastes great and it's a great thing to take when you feel run down, you need your daily hydration boost, or even a little bit of hangover recovery. You know, Ann and I get up pretty early in the morning to go to the gym because we can't go to the gym at any other time during the day. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been drinking one full glass of water with Liquid IV. And all I can tell you is you can feel the difference during the workout. So go and grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code CAMPIA at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code CAMPIA, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today when you go to liquidiv.com. And remember, use the promo code at checkout, CAMPIA. And we thank again the good folks at Liquid IV for sponsoring and supporting the John Campion Show. Guys, remember, once again, if you want to go and get yourself some Liquid IV, and it's great if you do because that supports the channel, but make sure you use the promo code CAMPIA at checkout. All right, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campion Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris. What is our first main topic today? Topic one is coming from Box Office Fan. The Rock has went online and says he is playing in an upcoming video game movie. He won't say the name, but says it's one of the baddest, greatest games he has played for years. So John, what game do you think it is? What do you think of this? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, listen, the, the, the de facto, there's no argument. The biggest movie star in the world is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying he is the best actor in the world. I'm not saying he carries the most what's the word veritas or whatever the word you want to use walking around with it. I'm not saying any of that. I mean, he's not a Leo DiCaprio, whatever, but when it comes to pure star power, mm -hmm. and drawing power, 
nothing comes close to the rock we joke about it but it is true he is franchise viagra you know he jumps into a franchise <laughs> movies like rampage mm -hmm. that had no business making any money at all ends up making hundreds of millions of dollars right that's just what he brings not that everything he touches turns to gold not at all the other great thing about the rock is that he has shown over the years that he can't he's not only just the big smiling face and the huge muscles he's done movies like uh, faster, which I thought he was incredibly good in. Snitch might be his best performance. I really liked him in Pain and Gain. Mm -hmm. I thought he was actually pretty good in that. So he's shown he's become a capable actor. I'm not seeing an upper echelon. He's not in, you know, we're not going to compare him to Robert De Niro, but he's he's become a capable actor on top of being a total charm machine and charisma for days. And he's dipping his foot into the comic book movie stuff, of course. Uh, back in, I believe, in 1978, they announced that he was going to be Black Adam. And that is finally <laughs> coming to pass. Uh, apparently, they say it's going to happen at some point. And he's also dipped his toe already in the video game world. In the, and I think I speak for all of us, the truly abysmal Doom. And then, of course, the aforementioned Rampage, which, honestly, Rampage wasn't bad. It's it was nice. It was cute. For a, a movie based on Rampage. Yeah, for a movie I mean, based on fine. Rampage, it was actually better than it should have yeah. been. So I'll give it that too. But now, I guess Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not done. He's got more he wants to do because he's saying he's going to be in another video game movie. This comes to us from Polygon, who wrote the following. I can't, This is The Rock talking. He says, I can't tell you which game in, in particular that we're doing, but there will be an announcement this year, Johnson told Men's Journal. We're going to bring one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen. One that I have played for years. I'm really excited to bring it to fans around the world. Of course, we're going to do it. Uh, to, we're going to do right by our gamer friends. But really, we're just going to make a great movie. One of the biggest, most badass games to the screen. Which raises the question, what movie what game is Dwayne the Rock Johnson talking about now the way he says it we're going to be bringing one of the biggest most badass games to the screen it might not mean this but it seems to imply it is a game that has not yet been turned into a movie so I would say we can cross off the list Doom we can cross off the list Assassin's Creed we could cross off the list I think Halo, since Halo's got that TV right. series coming, we can cross off the list. Um, Sonic, I think it's safe to say Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not going to star in the next yeah. Sonic. <laughs> uh, but it, it raises the question about what game could it be? I have a couple that I want to propose could be that game. This is going to become the next big thing in Hollywood. Like everyone's like, who's the next Batman? Who's the next Bond? Which video game is Dwayne The Rock Johnson doing? I want to suggest a couple of uh, potential options here. Option number one, Fortnite. If because here's the thing about Fortnite, Fortnite is absolutely one of the biggest, most predominant games out there, and it's been very dominant for a number of years now. So that fits into that category. There has been no movie about it, so it fits into that category. I know Dwayne the Rock Johnson. There was that behind the scenes thing a couple of years ago with him playing Fortnite, right? I know Dwayne the Rock Johnson has played Fortnite, but here's the key thing about Fortnite. Fortnite doesn't have a real doesn't really have any discernible narrative. So you can literally walk in there and write and make almost any movie you want as long as, as it kind of centers around mm -hmm. a bunch of people being dropped on an island and have to fight their way out. I mean, 
then it's kind of like Hunger Games or mm -hmm. Battle Royale or Lost or Lost or Squid Game or <laughs> Lost Survivor. I mean, so that, but you can actually write your own thing around it and you're perfectly fine. Dwayne The Rock Johnson doesn't even have to be one of the more recognizable characters in the game. You can literally make him whatever you want. That gives him a lot of flexibility. So that's one game that I had in mind. Um, what I was mentioning the other one before. Oh, the other one that I was thinking a little bit and I said I thought of this before Ray made this graphic, and I have to bring up this graphic, so so you guys can see what it is we're talking oh. about. Uh, if I it's can find good. it, there it is. <laughs> this is the game that he could be talking about right here. We could be <laughs> not anymore though. Uh, we could be talking about God of War. Now I I will admit when I when I think of that, it's it, Dwayne Johnson's not the first guy that I think of, but he could do it. He could do it. By the way, Ray, this is an amazing graphic. I it actually is. This. It's a lot better than the Batman poster. It's better than this it graphic. Is. It's better than the Batman poster. But I mean, it it could be that. You get him to act the right way. You get the right young actor to play alongside him as his son. You do all that kind of... I mean, that could work. So my top two right now, as far as what I'm guessing the game could be, would be Fortnite and God of War. I don't know. I have no insight to any of this. Ray, what do you think? The chat just nailed it. Like, after they mentioned it, there's... I'm not even mentioning any of the ones I thought about. It's Gears of War. That's what That's I was just like thinking of, too. Oh, yeah. Gears of War is so perfect. I meant... It would be an awesome movie. Chainsaws. Monsters. Um, what, I, what, what I thought last night was, oh, it could have been Mortal Kombat 2, which the chat is bringing up, because it just got confirmed. Right. We'll talk about he could, that tomorrow. He, yeah, he could play a bunch of characters from there. And also, Skyrim was on my in my head skyrim's Maybe a good skyrim. one that's something, um, yeah and then you got to think about is the rock saying he's played it for years or he's just saying he played it for years just because he signed on for the movie so i was thinking well he what better say it <laughs> i was like what would the rock play and then i like i have no idea what the rock plays all i ever see him is in the gym so, candy, <laughs> like someone said, Candy Crush, maybe? Candy Crush, the movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know that that would qualify as one of the biggest, most badass <laughs> games. Ever. But I'll tell you what, Skyrim, that, again, it checks those boxes. One that's been around for a number of years, Skyrim. One of the most popular video games ever, Skyrim. Hasn't been done or brought an iteration to the screen yet, Skyrim. Allows you to make a library, Skyrim. Skyrim. Okay, so from the non-gamer in the room, I'm just going to say the obvious, like... I've never heard of Skyrim. I don't know what that is. So I'm going to cross that off the list because it's not one of the biggest games in the world because the biggest games in the world are the games that idiot non-gamers like me have begrudgingly had to hear about from everybody else. Well, that's and not necessarily true. That's okay, because if you go to the game, no, awards, it is right? true. And here's why I'm you're wrong, John. Okay. You're wrong. No, here's why it's true. Because if we're going to talk about the biggest games in the world that are going to be able to attract someone like The Rock, the, one of the things about The Rock, and I'm going to also go back to he's not a, you know, he's a capable actor. I'd say he's way more than capable. And here's why. We don't need all of our actors to do all things. We have this, you know, we had, may he rest in peace, the Philip Seymour Hoffmans, and we have the Robert De Niro's. But you know what? Keanu Reeves cannot do Shakespeare. However, he is the only person who can play Neo. And similarly, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for what he does, he does it damn well. And I think that if he is going to sign on and say this is one of the biggest, baddest games ever, and he wants to appeal to a wide audience, that wide audience includes non-gamers like me. And so something, a video game that 
is really big in the gamer world, but has not taken over the zeitgeist. Those are two different things. I'm calling Call of Duty. I've never played it. That's, I can't that, stop that, hearing about that, it. That checks the boxes too. And um, Grand Theft Auto. Because Grand Theft Auto is Grand Theft Auto checks a lot of, a game. Lot of like, the boxes. Like that game is yep. like, that's a big game and it is bad. Like, I don't know what happens except that you're supposed to like, murder people by shooting oh in the God. head and like beat up <laughs> oh, sex workers. I mean, it is a bad, bad game. So I'm calling it right now. It's Call of Duty or it's Grand Theft Auto because those are two things that me, the non-gamer, will go, oh shit, yeah, I'd see that. I'd see that. Skyfall or whatever it's called. Skyrim. Skyrim. See, what, see what I'm saying? I don't care. I don't care. I'll go see Call of Duty. And that's what I think it is. It's not It's not just about the gamers. It's about the wider audience. There's another thing to keep in mind too here. We're all talking and making these things assuming it's live action. It, there's nothing said here that, oh, it, that it's live shit. action, right? Give I mean, me Donkey it, Kong Country, baby. I mean, <laughs> hey, maybe he's the voice of Donkey Kong. I would love or that. Kirby. Or Somebody Kirby. said Frogger. Somebody said Frogger in the chat. Frogger, Hubert. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Dig Dug. Yeah. Oh, there's, man, there's a deep cut. There's going ways back. Dig Grand Dug. Theft Auto would be such an F you to Vin Diesel, though, that I kind of oh. think that that's a... <laughs> it. Like, totally would be. I think that might be it. Oh, my Ooh. God. It oh, totally my God. I somebody really... in live chat said FIFA, the soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's the WWE game? He's, WWE he's 2K, he <laughs> the plays most himself. Oh my God. He literally plays himself. WWE 2020, yeah, uh, Royal Rumble 2021. Someone mentioned in the chat that maybe The Rock tried to get a Call of Duty game made 11 years ago. I think it's Crash Coyote said. So maybe it's that. Maybe they finally said, okay, we'll give it to you. By the way, somebody else in the live chat just brought up a really good one is Soiner, and maybe other people did, but Soiner in the, in the live chat is bringing up a really good one. And because it's a franchise been around for a year, very celebrated, Bioshock. Yeah, because the, the Bioshock has one other extra layer to it. It like as opposed to say Fortnite, where there's no discernible narrative, you can write whatever you want. Bioshock has very clear, yep, award-winning narrative, and I would mm. love it because it's so <laughs> creepy. Yeah, that yeah, game creeps me out for some reason. And... All. Yeah, that would Big be Daddy a fantastic. Spooky. Yep. I mean, We're, there's a, a lot of ideas here. Yeah. We're also thinking of The Rock as the hero in this film too. Oh. So what if he's like Ganondorf in Zelda? Because I would watch that too. Like, oh. I want to. No, no. You just, you just picked up. I want to see him as Wario. Oh. Or Waluigi. No, that's Wario it. Movie. I want him as Waluigi in, in the Mario movie. There's an upcoming Mario movie. He's gonna be. Kevin Wario. Hart can be Wario. Kevin Hart can be Wario. <laughs> anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Dwayne Johnson saying we got an announcement coming this year, so he's announcing an announcement. So it's got to be something really large. Saying it's one of the biggest. Bad, most badass games, and he's bringing it to the screen. What game do you think it is? Call of Duty, Gears of War, God of War. Could it be a Fortnite? Could it be something? Could it be animated? It's, I really hope it's not animated because he's getting my hopes up here for something really cool in live action. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic Number two, Chris, what is our second main topic today? This is Luke Stockton writing in. There's a lot of excitement surrounding the upcoming Moon Knight Disney Plus show, and I myself am thoroughly excited for it. 
Yesterday, it was reported by Joe Blow that the first trailer hit 75 million views within the first 24 hours. Other than Falcon and Winter Soldier, this is the most viewed Marvel Disney Plus trailer in 24 hours yet. What does this tell you about the excitement level for this show, and why do we think it think it is this way? That a character not many know about is having so much excitement to have a show. Will the show live up to the anticipation? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Luke. And uh, listen, I gotta tell you, this is a number that came out that caught me by surprise. Now, I, I did. I put up, I remember on my Twitter, before the Moon Knight trailer came out, I said, is it just me or is this like the most hotly anticipated mm. Disney Plus show, uh, that, at least from the Marvel end, that we've had yet? Like, I'm feeling a lot of excitement from people about this. And sure enough, the trailer comes out and it has done dynamite business. Now, of course, we've already got people talking about because once they cast Oscar Isaac in it, it was like, okay, okay, you got our attention. And then Handsome Hawk, Ethan Hawk signed up for it. By the way, kudos to any of you know who know that reference is from, for the Handsome Hawk reference. Like, big points to you if you know what that's from. But at any rate, Ethan Hawk signs up for it. A guy who a number of years ago said, yeah, comic book material's really not for me. Like, a an actor, an Academy-level actor, who has said comic book stuff isn't really for me, a script comes across his desk and says, oh, yeah, I'll be in that comic book mm -hmm. thing. Like, that then made a lot of people go, well, wait, what the hell do they got here? And so, and then you felt this buildup. And then Moon Knight is a character most people had never even heard of other than the ramblings of Robert Meyer Burnett <laughs> going on about Moon Knight for years. Dude, I still, I, I'll tell you what, when I was sitting in the auditorium at D23 a number of years ago, when they came out on stage, Kevin Feige came out on stage and he announced a bunch of shows coming, you know, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel's coming. When they said Moon Knight, you could feel the tremor in the air from the erection that Robert Meyer Burnett was getting 55 <laughs> miles away. You could feel it. Because as soon as he said that, so that's all anybody thought about. was like, what is Robert Meyer Burnett doing right now that they announced a Moon Knight I show? need Q-tips to wash my brain out right now. <laughs> I need Q-tips to wash I cannot get that visual out of my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Ray, work on that. You're welcome, America. Oh, graphic? You're welcome. <laughs> I'm on it. So... <laughs> There's this whole thing, and but that even being said, I was still not prepared for how many people went and watched this thing. This comes to us from the folks at Joe Blow who wrote the following. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter, uh, the viewing numbers for the Moon Knight trailer show that the Disney Plus Marvel series are growing in popularity as the movies did over their first decade of release. Loki and WandaVision pulled in 60 million and 52 million views in their first 24 hours of the trailers, while Hawkeye came in at 41.5 million views because their trailers were not any good. Sorry, don't want to bring up that debate again. Uh, all three shows featured characters well known to the MCU watchers, so the fact that Moon Knight's views are holding their own against those series is a solid indication of the anticipation surrounding the upcoming show. The only series ahead of Moon Knight in 24-hour views is The Falcon and Winter Soldier, which pulled in 125 million views, but that is because it premiered its trailer at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you have WandaVision, Loki pulling in 60 million, 52 million, 41.5 million for the uh, Hawkeye series, but 75 million views of the Moon Knight spot prior only outdone by a show that dropped its trailer during the super bowl that is ridiculously impressive and here's the thing i would normally say that i would attribute this to the fact that the marvel shows are gaining popularity right but what out of that list that we just read had the lowest amount of trailer views hawkeye the most recent one mm. 
So it's not just a matter of momentum. There is something special about this character and I think this spot, because I think a lot of people saw the spot and then were like, we got to share this with our friends. Yeah. We got to tell our friends to go watch this. This looks pretty damn cool. And people went to go and they watched it and people liked it. I mean, again, I made a joke saying, come see the Moon Knight trailer with 1.5 seconds of Moon Knight in the trailer. I mean, that was my joke. But overall, the trailer is really good. It's enticing. It gets you hooked in and a hell of a lot of people watch this. And it flies in the face of the general, you know, thought that, well, this is an unknown character. Nobody at home knows who Moon Knight is. Hell, I, I go out on a limb and say 40% of regular comic book readers don't know who Moon Knight is. Yep. And so for this one to come out, this, I, I believe, is... What, what's, a th what's a good word to use about something that's like a one in a million thing that is this won't be the regular thing, but whatever it is, an aberration? This might be something like this, but it is crazy, and I think it is just an indication of the hype that is going to be building up to this thing. Chris, you see these numbers, which are... Kind of crazy. 75 million outdoing, obviously, Falcon uh, and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Hawkeye. What do you attribute this to? And do these numbers surprise you? They do surprise me because a lot of people, even if you're a comic book fan, if you ask them, hey, what do you know about Moon Knight? A lot of times in the past, it's been, oh, it's just Marvel's version of Batman. Mm. No big deal. It's kind of always been a dismissed character. Or we just have the Moon Knight memes that people know about, you know, right. Dracula and all those things. Where's right? my goddamn money, yeah. Dracula? <laughs> so he, he's kind of been this joke character for those who aren't in the know, who aren't Robert Meyer Burnett, right? But when you see that trailer, man, do you not walk away from that being like, oh, it's a poor man's Batman. This looks so yeah. cool. There is mysticism. There is intrigue. We've got some historical kind of who do we kind of things happening right now, too. And we've got Oscar Isaac. And I think the fact that he signed on for this is really what's selling it. He is such an incredible performer. All of the clips he'd been he's been releasing, too, of his stunt work and all yes. the training for it. Mm. I mean, that got me hyped before the trailer. I think this is just something that seems so unlike what Marvel's given us that we are just really, really foaming at the mouth for it. Especially when, it, when you're talking about unlike what they've given us on Disney Plus so far. Exactly. So this looks kind of unique. Anyway, Aaron, as somebody who has, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, a, a Moon Knight historian. <laughs> as a Moon Knight historian, but no, honestly, as, as an average, when it comes to this type of material, mm -hmm. as the average fan, what has your response and reaction been to seeing, you know, the Moon Knight trailer itself? And what do you attribute, like, this kind of overwhelming response to it? Yeah, I mean, I, you, you got that right. Historian is true. I mean, I remember <laughs> when I first heard that there was a show called WandaVision, I was like, what a dumb name for a show. That doesn't even make any sense. And then I found out it's because it's starring two people called Wanda and Vision. Oh, there you go. Can I interrupt you for a second? Please do. My favorite WandaVision story involving you is... Oh, no. I don't even know what this is. Oh, oh I think you'll figure it out. This is one of my favorite things ever. Oh, Lord. So... Aaron and Tom are watching WandaVision, just like everybody, as the episodes are dropping, right? And you know how every episode of WandaVision was taking... <laughs> now you know what I'm talking about. Oh, Jesus. Every episode of WandaVision was taking on like a different era and kind of TV show that it would then do. So Aaron and Tom are sitting down to watch WandaVision. And it was this scene that was very dramatic in which Agatha was, you know, burning the witches. So they notice everything's in Spanish. And Aaron assumes, oh, wow, this week's homage to television is like the telenovela. Uh-huh. 
and they watched the whole show in Spanish. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. If you watch that episode, it's so dramatic. And they're all <laughs> saying these things that are so passionate and exciting. <laughs> and so I'm talking to her afterwards and she's like, oh yeah, so like the, uh, the whole thing is Spanish. I'm like, what are you talking about? Just, well, no, 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 it was not that episode. So we sit down to watch the next episode. Oh, that, yes, 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 yes. And it's still in Spanish. And Tom goes, I, I gotta, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it was cool for one episode, but I really feel like they they're playing this telenovela thing a little too hard. And I go, yeah, I don't really, I don't really get it. Why are they carrying over this theme? And then he's, and yeah, and then he stops and he goes, hold on. <laughs> and he looks up at the captioning and he goes, Oh Jesus! Okay. Oh my yeah. God! How so, um, yeah, this does what a precious it. moment. We had it yeah. set to Spanish. That's so cute. We had our television set on Spanish. Sorry, I interrupted your thought, but I just thought that's the the best story. It is. It, it yeah, that was great. So, so continue. Going back to Moon Knight. Um, uh, first of all, yes, Oscar Isaac is a brilliant actor. Going, you know, if we're talking about those actors that are more than capable and those actors who can be many different things and wear many hats. You know, we've seen him in Dune, we've seen him in Star Wars, and then he goes over and he does, you know, scenes from a marriage where there's no crazy costumes and there's no big epic tales. It's literally just two people being real. Um, and so a you know, good Juilliard actor, he's come a long way from his roots as pool boy in 1996 on some random movie of the week that has a very similar poster to uh, Batman. But you know, <laughs> Oscar Isaac has really solidified himself as a brilliant actor who has continued to put out great projects, great projects, great projects. So now he's a name that really a lot of people are familiar with even if they can't necessarily say oh i know oscar isaac from this people have heard his name and they just associate him with being a talented actor and that is really what i think we're seeing in that trailer because you're right we don't see the actual moon night except for a second and a half but what we do see is the terror and the pain and the anxiety and the horror of this person going through an experience where they're questioning their own reality and we as the viewers are also questioning what we are seeing. We're like, wait, did I just see that? Or did I just imagine that? And I think right now, for some reason, a lot of audiences are being drawn to that. We're being drawn to really damaged people that are just trying to hold their shit together. I mean, even Ted Lasso, that howdy doody motherfucker, he's still a functional alcoholic who has panic attacks, you know? And so I think that there's something happening right now. Maybe it's the you know, global trauma that we've all been living through, but we're really interested in watching people who are just trying to hold it together. And I think that this Moon Knight character is the mask that we all wear when we go out in the world, just trying to, you know, hold together our trauma and keep from breaking down in the middle of a YouTube show because you just can't keep it together. Oh, wow. But I mean, I think what you're pointing out is so true because I think a lot of people actually find themselves relating more to these characters. Yeah. Like the Ted Lasso's made, like the, the characters who actually have issues, like, because for a lot of us, we see these characters on television. Like I I have nothing in common with Dwayne right. The Rock Johnson in, in Hobbs and Shaw. There, there is nothing that, that can, you do. <laughs> there is nothing that connects me with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in that. But like, 
you see struggles of, of Ted Lasso or even something going to a hyperbole level, the struggles of Oscar Isaac's character in Moon Knight, there's something there for that. Yeah. You know, this trailer, I think this thing got three things going for it. First of all, Marvel, obviously, obviously it's not slowing yeah, down, right? Yeah. The second thing is you have a, you know, he's just really getting popular right now. Oscar Isaac, never yeah. never taking on a superhero role, role and people are just interested. Well, to he see. was... He was apocalypse. Oh yeah, that, I mean, but but, but in the, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. But in the MCU, <laughs> but, but in uh, MCU, and yeah. then um, the the last thing is that no one knows about this character. They're, yeah, so there's you no know, intrigue there. It, yeah, so. yeah, and he can really create his own thing. Like, there's no. Yeah. We're always gonna. I mean, as exciting as it is to have the Batman coming out there's always other Batmans to compare it to. There's always going to be that That's comparison. True. Whereas there is no other Moon Knight. And he it's is Egypt. creating it. It's Egypt, baby. The pyramids. <laughs> I love pyramids. I have no I idea what's in there. in the moon. I love pyramids. We used to stay. What if they find a pyramid on the moon in Moonfall? We used to stay at Luxor, that hotel, so much. And whenever we drive by it in Vegas, Ann always talks about we that. We used to go. We My parents used to go there every weekend, right? It got to the point where we went there so much, I actually had a girlfriend up there. Like, I actually started dating someone. Yeah. Um, But we went there so much. Instead of being excited of going to Vegas, I would just stay in the room the whole time, watch TV, and order room service. That's it. I don't know amazing. why. Like, because you know, everyone's excited. Let's go around. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. around. Let's go around. It got to the point where I was like, oh, we're going again. Okay, let's go. So you went to the Luxor specifically because it is such an accurate representation of what life oh, is like in Egypt. In, in oh, Egyptian yeah. Culture. It, yes. At the time, it was the coolest looking uh, hotel there, I thought. It was. Well, for, it still has that beam of light yeah. that I can't remember how much how much it costs from electricity they say every but day. But you only get to experience it from the, the outside. outside. Yeah. 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 Once you're inside, you don't. I will say, when you do go into Luxor, it is pretty cool being inside that structure because you see all the way to the top. The whole thing is shaped oh, like cool. that. Oh, that's and I've so never scary. really been in a structure uh -uh. like that. It's actually pretty cool. You know what else there. is a cool hotel? Caesar's Palace, which is where we're all going to be staying when we go this year for CinemaCon. Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you that? That's where we stay? Oh, yeah, we stay at Caesar's Palace. I've yes. already told Tom. We're getting off track, guys. Come on. Hey, we're getting off track. Right, right, right. Right. I got to cut these later. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this, this whole idea that Moon Knight got like 75 million views only topped by another MCU show that happened to drop its trailer during the Super Bowl? I, I mean, almost doubling people who watch the Hawkeye trailer, like for a character we've never even heard of. What are your guys' thoughts on that? What do you think attributes to it? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Oh, and by the way, well, we'll get to that in a second. Chris, what is our third main topic today? Our third topic today is all about Boba Fett. All right, this is from Inexpensive Bounty Hunter. Hey, John. <laughs> That's great. Like you, I haven't been feeling the Book of Boba Fett show yet. I keep tuning in, though, because I have hope it'll find its flow and really pick up over the last three episodes. If you get to this Wednesday, what did you think of the fifth episode? Did it get the show back on track, or is it becoming clear that the show is destined to be a disappointment? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And by the way, since we are now on this episode, this topic of the show, I will let you guys know that we, unlike what we do on normal episodes, we are going to go into spoilers about 
uh, episode five, The Return of the Mandalorian. We are going to go into spoilers on this. So uh, if you haven't seen the episode yet, or if you really, really care about knowing what happens, then, then now's a good time for you to check out. Thanks for joining us here today. And guys, I have also opened up the Super Chat feature. So if you want to send in, start sending in questions and comments about that, you can start saying that in on any of the topics that we talked today, you can go ahead and do that. I will leave it open for a few minutes until we start to get more than we can possibly manage to address. Okay. Book of Boba Fett, episode five. I agree. I So far, I have not been thrilled with the series. A couple episodes that I liked, a couple that I haven't. You know, we're still kind of on that. It, it's still anybody's game. Going into the final three episodes, it's like, hey, this show could still go either way for me. Like, I don't think it's been terrible as some people have been saying it is, but I think disappointing, sure, but it's still right there that it can turn, if you have a solid final three episodes, this could be great. And then comes the episode titled The Return of the Mandalorian. Now, of course, we all knew at the end of episode four, when the final which says, I'm going to hire us some muscle. And then, <laughs> woo, 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 then they play the Mandalorian music. Okay, so we all knew the Mandalorian. We all knew that Din was coming back in the next episode. Great. This episode, I have no qualms saying, is easily the best episode of the series so far. And here's the thing. It ain't just because Mandalorian is there. Too many times we fans, I include myself in this, it's like, this thing's crap. Oh, quick cameo of somebody I know. Ooh, now this show is great. That's not the case here. This was a great episode. This had the tone, and it is not a coincidence that it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm, yeah. It is not a coincidence. Her episodes that she directed in Mandalorian were, were both fantastic. What she did here, I think, was magnificent, and you could feel it. You could feel it was her directing this thing. Like, everything from what could have been a silly interaction, like Din talking to the droid airport security, TSA agent. Ah, you're fired. Th like that could have been silly and ridiculous and kind of dumb. It could, very easily could have gone that way. But instead, you felt how hard it was for Dim to separate himself from the weapons. Almost kind of embarrassing for him. And then like Ray, me and Ray are like screaming at the TV as he's taking out the Darksaber to put it in the container. Like, don't separate yourself from oh, that. Like, yes. we're yelling at the TV, don't do it. Because we all knew when it gets to Tatooine and opens up the thing, it's going to be gone. But it wasn't. So they kind of fooled us. So she kind of fooled us that way, right? Again, that scene, as it was written, could have come across as really silly. But instead, it came across as exciting. And like, just opening a case and closing the case, suddenly there was tension and all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was great, but let me let me address a couple of things that I've been hearing a lot of people online saying, okay? A number of people online saying, how ridiculous is it that we had a Book of Boba Fett episode without Boba Fett? <laughs> Fair enough. But I do want to remind people that it might've been the third episode of WandaVision, third or fourth, that didn't have Wanda or Vision in it. It all focused on the other side characters as they arrive to the town. It starts with them standing outside town and mm. them discovering and doing the best. I mean, you did see Wanda envision it, but only from clip flashbacks from yeah. the previous episodes. They built the world. Yeah, they built the world, right? So, And that was perfectly fine. So I had no issue. This is still the book of Boba Fett, but Boba Fett's not the only character in it. And this was kind of a cutaway because once the Mandalorian shows up, we need to know why is he there? 
How did he get here? And what was his set of circumstances that drives him to this moment? And what's his motivation? This episode sets up all of that. So now when we do see Boba Fett and Din together again, that's all been established and that's all been laid out. By the way, guys, uh, yeah, the questions have been flying in like crazy. So I'm just going to only leave the Super Chat feature open for another minute. And then I'm going to close it off because it's it's been flooded. Anyway, so they did that. Also, some people saying, huh, well, it says something about Boba Fett that the best episode isn't really about him. Well, yeah, but if you go back to the Mandalorian season two, I would argue that the two best episodes of Mandalorian season two, the main star wasn't Mandalorian. The mm. main star was Boba Fett in, in the one episode and the main star was Luke Skywalker. Mm. That's the one everybody talked about. Nobody talks about Din in the final episode of Mandalorian season two. And in that episode where Boba Fett shows up and starts wrecking fools, nobody talks about Din in that. They talk about that. So yeah, this is a little bit more extreme, but I, I think the principle is still there and I think the principle is still sound. So I, I'm okay with that. Well, it's also called the book of Boba Fett. Yes. In the and book in a book, Boba Fett. sometimes in a chapter you focus on someone Other who's characters. not your hero. Yeah. So I was fine with that. I, I, I honestly was okay with that the way they handled that. It was fine. This is still a chapter in this show and it does go to the, although yes, it does feel like Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah. Not going to lie. But having to battle again for the Darksaber. Meeting the armorer again, coming across her because she's one of the most badass characters in the show. That was great. Him being told, you're no longer a Mandalorian. You're like, <gasps> and you could feel how that stabbed him in the heart hearing that. But we also now get his mission, his quest. We all knew that Mandalorian season three, yep. he was going to go back to Mandalore. Now we know why he's got to go back to Mandalore mm -hmm. because he's got to get back his Mandalorian-ishness. <laughs> if he's got to go to the caves and bathe in the waters and the deep caves of Mandalore, he's got to figure out a way to do that. I mean, so in all things and in all ways, and I really thought, I, you know, I hate the prequels. So when they brought out the Nubian fighter from Naboo, I'm like, Really? He's going to fly that? Then he starts flying around and I'm like, okay, this is pretty badass. It's a slick ship. Yeah. And then Paul shows Mr. Kim shows up as the X-Wing fighter pilot again. I'm like, yeah. I screamed Appa. Oh, yeah. Appa's back. I mean, it's just, and you could tell he knew who it was in that ship. He knew who it was. He knew the score. He knew what was going on and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, they meet at the end. And then he, of course, gives the line, I have a little friend I have to visit first. It's like, so, okay. So now I said, people say, we're not going to get Grogu again. I say, don't worry. He'll be back in Mandalorian season three. We don't even have to wait till Mandalorian season three to see Grogu again. I'm assuming it's going to be him. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe his little friend is a Jawa he did business with previously. But for all we know, it's probably going to be Grogu. So listen, for me, this was awesome. I loved this episode. I thought it was great. And it makes me truly adrenaline pumping excited for Mandalorian for Book of Boba Fett episode six. I haven't been this excited for the next episode of Book of Boba Fett since then. I want to see Boba Fett and Mandalorian get together again. Their chemistry together in Mandalorian season two was great. I want to see them rocking together again. I want to see them walk into a bar filled with what's the name of the gang, their bike gang again. Oh, the Vespa. The Vespa crew? Not the Vespa, not the, uh -oh. Vespa, the Vespa, actual name but is. the actual guys are, they're getting ready to fight against. Oh, the I Pikes? Forgot. Is that what it's called? The Pikes? The Pikes. The, I think it's the Pikes. At any rate, I, I want to see a scene where they walk into a bar, kind of like what Boba Fett did in an earlier episode, but I want it to be a big bar, and there's like 50 Pikes in there, and it's just Din and Boba and Ming-Na Wen standing there, and I'm going to be like, 
you fuckers are screwed. <laughs> you guys are so screwed. I want to. I'm going to be like Doctor Banner in in uh, Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. You guys are screwed now. I mean, I'm. I am. I haven't been this excited since episode one. I'm super stoked for it. And and he still has BK too. Mando and BK. Yep. Ooh. And there's uh, look. I. I'm. I just thought it was great. I loved it. And uh, yeah, Ray, you were sitting there with me, watching this thing last night. Oh yeah. Top what, Gun too. What's that? Was it Top Gun 2 we were watching? Yes, yes, it was that's what was oh, it. We yeah, watched our the Maverickorian. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? I think it they were trying to kill two birds with one stone, I guess you could say. Setting up season three, obviously. Yep. Yeah. But for also, sure. if Mando just appeared in Boba, like people are gonna wonder where did he come from? You yes. know? So they 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 told that part of it. Yeah, Boba wasn't in it, but you know what? I think it'll be helpful for the rest of the, the I series. agree. Yeah. Um I just can't wait for the last thing, whatever they're going to do, because it's going to involve BK, Mando, whoever, whatever muscle. That's enough for me, but they're probably going to get other muscle and it's going to be all at war. I just can't wait to see what they do. With yeah, because add Black Chrysanthemum walking in beside it, the two. It, yeah, That's it's going to be, be like a, a mini end game sort of war, I think, where we see each character profiled in like the specific thing that they do. We said it yesterday. It's going to be an Avenger Endgame's on your left portals moment. It'll be Boba walking in. Ha, oh, you're not enough. Mando walks in. Still not enough. But Boba will still do this when comes in the middle of the war. Yes. Uh, fighting like this. But guys will be flying out. And he'll just say, I am Boba Fett. I am Boba and Fett. And everyone quit. around them just falls over. <laughs> <laughs> like dominoes. <laughs> Chris, you had a chance to watch this episode uh, last night. What did you think about it? How did it hit you? I loved it. First of all, everyone needs to know that I am basically geriatric. I go to bed at like 9 p.m. And so I set an alarm to wake up to watch Aww. Boba Fett because um, I do like it. I like it a lot. I know it's been slow for some people, but I enjoy it. But man, this episode was just like off to the races. It was so good. We had Amy Sedaris in there, who I absolutely love. We got a BD droid, oh, which yeah, was so great yes, after just talking the, uh, about Fallen Order. Fallen Order. So that was great to see in there too. I loved all this. And I'm so excited about the, and I know I'm going to talk about the Mandalorian for a second. I'm so excited about the kind of emotional, spiritual journey that Din gets to go on now because he at, he has been around other Mandalorians who don't subscribe to all of these belief systems, right? Yes. right? So this journey is going to be more of that of, well, they take their helmets off and I have a son basically who I need to go pick up from preschool. He's been there for years. <laughs> like, I'm so excited to see how this all pans out. And like you were saying, John, when we have that trio together, you know, when we've got Migna, when we've got Boba Fett, when we've got Din, their fight scenes and chemistry is so fun. I'm so pumped to see that. And also, can we just give a shout out to, to the voiceover work and the body double work that goes into playing Din? Like all of yeah. those exertion noises and everything that he's doing, oh, Pedro yeah. Pascal just mm -hmm. really brings it in this nuanced, beautiful way. Oh, bang. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And then his body doubles, uh, gosh, I think it's Brendan Wayne and uh, something Crowder, excuse me, I can't remember his first name, but the work they all do together as this kind of trio, bringing that character to life is just so phenomenal. And that sweet. armor looks sweet. Oh, it's so good. Oh, oh it's so good, good to see it. It's all slimmed down. It kind of looks like the new Batman suit, yeah. you know, the slimmed down version. It looked like, he looked more mobile. That's what I like about this, the armor. It's like just constantly getting upgraded. Just little yeah. things here and there. Yeah, like, It looks sweet. I mean, I was like, wow, is that a mirror finish? Exactly. But oh, as soon as he steps in, like, I remember our buddy Ryan was watching with us. Right. As soon as he appears behind the plastic stuff and you just see the silhouette and Ryan goes, there's the spear. 
the Beskar spear yep. is there. And what did she make? What did she make? It was a little heartbreaking to see that. Where it was like, yeah, no, she's not there. It's so cool. I can't wait to see Grogu. Oh, He's going to be so flooded in the toy aisles. Yeah. Once oh, again. Yeah, oh, yeah. Once Everything. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John, I know prequels aren't your thing, but going through that pod racing route too oh, was so oh. cool. Hey, listen, even I have to say, even I, when we were, we were watching it, I was like, because listen, I do not like the prequels, but there are, I always find things that I appreciate in movies I don't like. And I love the Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan fight. I love that fight, so but I love the pod race. I love the pod race. Okay, so that scene the was just great for you. The mixture of visuals and music and sound design. I, I'll go on a record. The pod race in The Phantom Menace is the greatest sound design sequence yep. in any film in, in cinematic Ooh. history. The sound design of that entire race is incredible. Just put that scene on and just close your eyes and just listen to the scene happen. It's amazing. And when he started going through it, I'm like, well, number one, he's way too fast. He's he'd never be able to take those. Yeah, he's up. he's cheating at this point. He's cheating. Yeah, he could pretty he's much run by a star destroyer. Yeah, he's my, like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. I like doing that. Yeah, you know, people are also pointing out. Did you notice the halo ring? Yes. Then we and say I was that? like, what? Didn't we say that when the show was on? It's like, okay, so now it's a crossover with Halo? Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. So that was all there. I mean, look, I I, I just, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Um, anyway, oh, Darksaber. We didn't bring up the Darksaber. We mentioned a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, the, okay. The Darksaber being the head to fight for it again and all that Dude, kind of when stuff. When he gets he control of that thing, how she was Once teaching he figures it, how to use oh it. Oh my God. The, people are going to get wrecked for sure. I, it's He already wrecked people with it, not knowing how to use it. Yeah, cutting fools in half. Oh my god, that was crazy. Oh, that scene right off the so bat, good. right off the bat, just laid out the dude and just cut him in half, slice him right down. They didn't the even middle. try to make a deal with him. He was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna kill you now." No, he says, "Let's let's be reasonable. Let's discuss something." Okay, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. <laughs> yeah, but I'm at like, that point yeah. when he had him on the table, he could have been begging for his life already, and he had a too late. But he didn't even ask him anymore. He just nope. said, "Forget it." No, you had your chance, man. You had your chance. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think of the Book of Boba Fett episode five, the return of the Mandalorian? Did you like it? Did you get you reinvigorated? Maybe it didn't work for you as much as it did for us. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, we are now going to move over and start taking your live comments and questions that you guys were firing in there. But before we do, we, as we're heading into hour number two here, we are going to take just a couple of minutes, take a little bit of a break. We're going to stretch our legs. We're going to refill our drinks, give you guys a chance to run and use the bathroom, talk amongst yourselves. But as we do, we're going to throw it over to John from Earth 2 for a moment to talk about, you know, an issue, a little bit of an issue about, you know, Peacemaker comes out tonight. It's a big day for us. We're going to go see Moonfall and we get to watch Peacemaker tonight. Mm. But it's not available anywhere in the world. Who's to blame and should we be understanding? Let's hear about that from John from Earth 2. And Perkins. I love Parks and Rec references. And Perkins writes, one of two. I need Warner Brothers to hurry up and figure out a way many of us international markets can watch Peacemaker. I understand when it happens with theater releases given the pandemic, but this is streaming. I wish they had sorted this out before it released. Uh, Gunn said about a month ago on Twitter that they're trying to sort it out, but nothing has happened yet. The show is doing well, but imagine how much more it would be hyped and discussed if people in the UK, for example, could watch it too. Look, I, I understand. And I am very, very lucky and fortunate that I happen to live in North America. Living in North America means I get HBO Max and Disney Plus and, and whatever else the moment it becomes available. 
when Disney Plus launched, when HBO Max, I mean, there's still markets that they're not in. And that sucks. But believe that those companies desperately wish they could be worldwide right now. Like if Warner Brothers could just snap their fingers and Disney could just snap their fingers and instantly have be in every single market, they would, but it's not up to them. There are territorial rights, there are license agreements, there are a lot of things that get in the way and sometimes they just got to be patient. All I'm saying is that we got to understand that Warner Brothers wants to be where you are. Wherever you are in the world, that HBO Max is not available yet, Warner Brothers wants HBO Max available there. They want it, and they're working on it. It was the same thing with Disney when Disney Plus launched, right? Like, there were many territories that were not, that Disney Plus was not available in yet when The Mandalorian came out. And The Mandalorian came out, and there were a lot of our international film and story, Star Wars loving brothers and sisters around the world who were not able to watch Mandalorian. Now, while I understand this, and I try to get my fellow film and storytelling fans to understand this as well, that believe me, if Disney could be there, they'd be there right now. Same thing with Warner Brothers with HBO Max. While I understand that, there is still one thing I don't get. And I've talked about this on the show before, but it bears mentioning again. And that is this. Before Paramount Plus existed, they had CBS All Access. That was the name of their streaming platform. And it was on CBS All, Act, All Access that they launched their show, their very good show, Star Trek Discovery. Rob hates it when I say that, but it's true. It's a very good show. But they launched Star Trek Discovery. Now, whether you love Star Trek Discovery or not is irrelevant. The thing is, there's a lot of Star Trek fans somewhere around the world that would like to have that. But CBS All Access was not available all around the world. So what did CBS All Access do? Well, instead of just saying... Sorry, international markets, we'll get to you as soon as we can. And they were going to try to get to them as soon as they could. What CBS All Access did was they made licensing agreements in those territories where CBS All Access did not have a presence yet. And they would say, like, for instance, go to Netflix. Hey, Netflix, let's just say Norway, for example. And I'm not sure this is exactly how it worked out in Norway, but I'm just using an example. They say, hey, Norway, Netflix in Norway. You, you have a presence in Norway. Netflix, you've been established in Norway for a long time. So we've got this show Discovery that is a CBS All Access exclusive, but CBS All Access is not in Norway and you are. How would you like to make an agreement where we'll sign a contract where we will give you exhibition rights in Norway on Netflix in Norway for a certain period of time since we ourselves cannot show it there? And what CBS All Access did was maybe they couldn't have CBS All Access everywhere, but they made sure a lot of territories that couldn't see Star Trek Discovery could see it on other platforms that were already there. I do not understand why Disney, when they launched Mandalorian Season 1, were not willing to make such a deal, limited term deals, so that their fans around the world could enjoy this new Star Wars show. I'm not completely sure why HBO Max, while not being in every territory, but have content that people around the world would like to see, why they're not making limited term deals with exhibitors that are in those territories to see these programs. That part I don't get. So don't be mad at Warner Brothers or HBO Max for not being in your country yet. They want to be there. They're trying. 
But do question Warner Brothers why they're not licensing out Peacemaker with a limited term and a limited license to exhibitors that are in those countries so those fans can see what we're seeing here in North America. That part, I wish they would get on Ann Perkins. I, I, I really, really do. And hopefully, like, I'm loving Peacemaker, so fingers crossed you guys get to see it sooner rather than later. Thanks for writing in, Ann. Okay. All right. Thank you, Earth 2 John, for that delightful and insightful commentary. Anyway, guys, we now are going to move on and start taking your live comments and questions, so let's not waste any time and jump right into it here, shall we? We're going to get things started off here that's not, that shouldn't be it at all. Hold on a second. Where's, where's, there it is. We're going to start off here with uh, just mentioning some people who had sent in some super chat badges. Of course, Colin, we mentioned sent in those super chat badges. Thank you again, Colin, for that very, very much. Uh, first comment from Sam Fisher who writes, it was so good to see Din again. I missed his badassery. Mandalorian 3 cannot come soon enough. Yes, and this served a dual purpose. It told the next kind of chapter in what's going to be the Book of Boba Fett leading up to their getting together again, but it also does kind of serve as an introduction for Season 3. Seven Delent Waters writes, one of the biggest, most badass games got to be Animal Crossing. Right. The rock is Tom Nook. That's precious. That'll be Anne's favorite movie of all time. If they do an Animal Crossing movie, with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, it becomes Anne's I'm favorite I'm saying zombies and plants, or plants and zombies. Plants and zombies. Plants and zombies. That's one they can do. Uh, all right, Suthius writes, uh, Real Rejects brought up a great point. Is it a problem that the most exciting episode of Mandalorian, and it's not the title character? Again, I would suggest no. Because again, if you go back, even though Mandalorian Din was there, you go back to that episode that Boba Fett pops up in, in Mandalorian Season 2, He's the best thing about that episode. Boba Fett is the most exciting, best thing about that episode. You go to the final episode. Luke Skywalker was the biggest, badass, badass, most talked about thing about that thing. Not Mandalorian. So if it's not a problem there, it's not a problem here. So I, I think it's fine. You know what I think is very important, too, is that they differentiate between the two. Like, you know, yes. you would think both of them are just like these heartless, like, um, bounty hunters. Yeah. But they're completely different in their approach, their fighting style, everything. They want you to be able to separate them. And when we get Bo-Katan later, she's going to be yeah. different. And it's just going to separate them other than just the armor, you know? What By I mean? the way, that brings up another thing. We mentioned that, you know, the, the Boba Fett episode was not, Bo was not, uh, was not Mandalorian's episode. The Luke Skywalker episode ultimately wasn't his. The Ahsoka Tano episode. What's the thing that everybody talked about? And was the most exciting thing about that? It wasn't Mandalorian. It was Ahsoka Tano. So they did that repeatedly with Mandalorian, and it's all fine. Now, the difference is Mandalorian at least appeared in those episodes, yeah. Yeah. but that's it's not neither here nor there. So I really don't think it's an issue. All right, next up, we got uh, Andy writes, Today is the second anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, may he, his daughter, and all those who died with him, rest in peace, miss you, legend. I still remember... You know, Ann and I, we were out. We had just got home. We pulled into our driveway. I was closing the door, and I looked over to Ann, who was just looking at her phone with this absolutely stunned look on her face. I'm like, what? She goes, Kobe Bryant died. I'm like, no, it's fake news. It's, it can't be real. She goes, no, it's 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 on the, whatever website it was. Kobe Bryant died. And I, was, I still remember that. He wasn't my favorite basketball player. But you cannot underestimate the importance he had to the city of Los Angeles. Oh, like yeah. we went down to the Staples Center when they were doing the memorial thing and just the tens and tens of thousands of people there. Like sports has a unique thing like movies has this unique thing to unite 
a city unite a country. I mean, again, I talked about this before. You go to an NFL football game and you see people who are, you know, straight and gay, Republican and Democrat, rich and poor, standing beside each other, cheering together, high-fiving each other. Like, sports has that can have that effect, like movies. And, like, when I was down there at that Kobe Bryant thing at Staples, it's like, you just saw it. And and Kobe was her favorite player. Yep. She has one of her favorite things. She has this picture of her and Kobe Bryant together. Yep. And you know, it was a really big major thing. I didn't realize, and the fact that his daughter was with him. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, still hurts. To this oh. I can't even talk about it without getting a little thing, so. Yeah, I mean, there's still sucks. murals to yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They didn't touch him throughout all the Black Lives Matter thing where they were, uh, things were just getting out of yeah, control. Yeah, nobody touched the Kobe Bryant memorial the Kobe. stuff. Yeah. He's, the, he's the real king of L.A. Yeah, yeah, he really he is. is. He, is. he really uh, is. As much as you like LeBron, as much as you could say he's better than Kobe, whatever, this and that. He Kobe was here for a lot longer. Well, I think that's also a, a big thing. You know, when you talk about sports and one of the things that happens is, you know, players get traded and players leave and tr players go for bigger deals and better money. And um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the Lakers were giving him a pretty good deal. Um, so I, I don't want to say that there were other fi financial offers, but there always are. And when a player says, I want to stay here. And well, I he did make... ask to be traded once. Yeah. Okay. And they refused to trade him. But but, but he did stay. But ultimately, but he stayed. I thought he was bluffing. Come on. He was bluffing for real. He just wanted Shaq out of there at that moment. Oh, yeah, that might have been it, too. So, All right. Yeah. He's Let's keep moving here. Uh, next up, K Major writes, Hey, John, how did you like the season premiere of Mandalore? Wait. Uh, <laughs> wait up. Getting a call. It's not. You sure? Episode 5? Well, damn. Again, I get it. The, the thing of calling it, that was Mandalorian season 2.5. I mean, uh, it's, it's a fair thing to say because it really did all focus on him. Sam Fisher writes, I love this new episode, but it feels like uh, this really should have been the premiere episode of Mandalorian season 3. Like, Boba Fett episode 5 uh, could have... Uh, done something else entirely with the last scene included. Uh, it could leave everyone wondering, why is Mando on Tatooine? Where has he been? Then, guys, remember, if you're sending in multi-part stuff, please write it all out first and then post it all at once. Anyway, then Mando, season three, episode one, could have been this episode, filling in those gaps. And then episode two could have been Boba Fett. Could have, could have, should have, would have. I mean, no, this was the next chapter in the story of Boba Fett. Many shows will then tell the backstory about how how many times have we seen a show where and this happens all the, time, all the time where you're watching one episode and then somebody shows up at the end and then the next episode is all the background on that character and how they got there what they did was they told the next chapter in the book of boba fett because boba and din are teaming up and this gave us the groundwork of what leads to that happening, the motivations of the character and all that kind of stuff. Well, you could have started it. Yeah, you could have. You yeah. could have done a million different things. You could have gotten a job in the writer's room. I mean, Boom. you could have gotten a job in the writer's oh. room. Oh. I could have become a millionaire lawyer. And this could've, is should have, would have. Like Aaron pointed this out because it is a chapter in the book, right? This is what happens in fantasy and sci-fi literature all, the, all time. the time. Like Terry Goodkind books, the Sword of Truth series, there's almost always chapters that are just devoted to the B team or some random character to give you this kind of insight to what's going on in that world. It's world building, y'all. Calm down. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like there were episodes of The Growing Pains that were totally dedicated to Boner. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's like as the bone. Should. It's true. <laughs> but, but again, this is the book of... This is an episode of the book of Boba Fett. Whether it focuses on the character of Boba Fett is a secondary thing. Just like there were episodes of Mandalorian where he wasn't really the focus. And it's, it's, totally it would have been worse if Mandal just showed up. 
Yeah, if he just yeah. showed up out of nowhere. Like, where have you been? Like, people would be in, I would be in uproar. Why like, are you here? How yeah. did you get here? How'd you He's get here? He's been in a day spa. We don't know. We got to know what's going on with They Bobo. really needed this episode, I think. I agree. For, for two reasons. Mando next season and this book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, next up, we go to, sorry, now I got to run around here to try to find out where we were. All right. Cam K writes. One to two, from being dragged by a bantha to executing a space western train heist to Boba falling like Shaq to Mando slicing with the Darksaber um, uh, to the Moss Espa Vespas to the N1 Starfighter pod racing scene to Boba haphazardly searching the Sarlacc for no good reason to the destruction of the biker gang. Man, this show has been a ride. I mean, it, like, listen, it. one of the things you cannot say, now that we especially we've moved past the damn flashbacks, one of the things you cannot say is that this show is stagnant. You can, like, whatever problems we, including me, whatever problems we all may have had, you cannot say the show has been stagnant. That's for sure. Right, JW writes, uh, if we see Grogu in The Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian Season 3, do you think he will speak in the same manner as Yoda or normally? Personally, I hope he speaks normally. I don't think he's going to speak at all. Mm -mm. We don't need no, him to. This character is already, how old do they say he was? several hundred years old isn't he or no 50s? no no 50s he's 50s. in his 50s yeah that means the progression is much 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 slower than us yeah if we saw a human baby that was kind of at that child that's just basically kind of walk and maybe a year or two later we might be hearing him saying his first mm -hmm. words but grogu species doesn't do that so i'm guessing we don't hear him speak at all did we ever hear yaddle speak in any of the no, extended things we never okay. heard yaddle speak because that, I was going to say, that could kind of clue us in if that's just a, a Yoda exclusive. Yeah, thing. yeah, I, yeah. I don't think. And we by were... the way, as as a, I just want to point out that there is a huge problem in the continuity and the actual realism of this. Because if Grogu actually was as young as they're saying he was, he would be needing his diaper changed way more times. And I know that as a new mom, my child is two months old, and all we do all day is change diapers. <laughs> so no, if I don't, he's only shits once a year. Oh, okay. Well, there you I'm, go. I'm totally making that up. <laughs> But that's uh, no. I'm gonna go with that. I mean, I, I, that, I, that sounds like canon to me. So I'll take it. All right. Next up, uh, we go to Casey Mackwrights. Uh, John, I just want to remind you to set your DVR because Resident Alien Returns. Today. I didn't know that. I don't care. Yay! Alan Tudyk <laughs> series Resident Alien. It was such a discovery. It was such a pleasant surprise. I mean, I I, I heard about this show like the day before it aired, and I watched it, and I'm like. Oh my God, this is delightful. Now, granted, I'm a big Alan Tudyk fan. I had no idea. They have not done a good job marketing this because I did no, not know it comes back today. It's been hidden. I watched the first two episodes on YouTube, I think. What and, is it on? Um, Sci-fi. Okay. And uh, we're obsessed with Alan Tudyk in my home. Logan has a picture of him in his wallet as Wash. No. Yes, he carries this around. Doesn't have a photo of his wife. The wind. That's fine. Um, but he met him. I probably have told this story on the show before. Logan accidentally bumped into him on a gel at a Gelson's on his birthday when he was just going to get vodka and he was having a really bad birthday. And he ran to Alan Tudyk and was like, hey, I'm such a big fan of you. Your character's really meaningful. This is probably weird. I keep a <laughs> picture of Wash in my wallet. <laughs> And, and Alan bought him his vodka and wished him a happy birthday. That is oh my nice. gosh, sweet, that is sweet so nice. My two, my two Alan Tudyk stories are neither as good as that one. But one is the first time I met him, I was at Comic-Con in the press area, go, walking by all the press rooms. And in one press room, I was walking by to go, I was literally on my way to interview Robert Downey Jr. So I'm walking by the press room where they have, um, what is it? Buck and something versus evil. I can't remember the name of the Alan. guys in the live chat. Remind oh, me, um, it's something and something Dan versus oh, evil. 
gosh, yes, I love that this movie. That has Alan Tudyk in it, right? Yeah. So I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Guys, Dale and Tucker. What's that? Dale and Dale Tucker. Tucker versus Evil, which God, is a so cute good. little film. So I'm walking by the room, and I've got Chuck Norris with me. Literally, I had Chuck <laughs> Norris with me. That is the name of my editor. Not, not oh, the Chuck okay. Norris you're thinking of, but the name of the guy who edited the anniversary. Yeah. His name is Chuck Norris. So Chuck I have a Norris, friend named Andy Samberg. <laughs> Chuck was walking yeah. with me, and we see the sign. We're walking by that room. We see the sign. I go, you know, this thing's got Alan Tudyk in it. I freaking love that dude. And I looked up. And Alan Tudyk just happened to be standing oh my, right there. You're kidding. With him, like I'm this face to face from him. He just smiles and he goes, <laughs> and then walks into the room to go do the interviews he was doing. Wow. That was one. The second one, Ann and I were at a premiere and we took, we had somebody take a picture of us for us at the premiere. And we looked at the picture later and Alan Tudyk had photobombed us. <laughs> he, like, he photobombed us. That We didn't talk to him, oh, but that was great. it. So those I've got a hey, hey, the chicken in my house. I but love that. Damn. Man. I, so happy Resident Alien is bad. I had no idea when it was coming back. Thank you for letting me know that, KC Mac. I really appreciate that. All right, Scotty H writes, um, good morning, everyone. Question for Chris. What is your favorite video game voice acting? Minor God of War and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Love all that you do. So for those of you who don't understand this or know this, like Chris is a voice actor and a voice coach uh, for all that. And she has appeared in a lot of this stuff. But what is your favorite voice performing performances in a video game oh my gosh you know i just because i've played them recently the spider-man games come to mind just because those actors not only had to do all of the dialogue as is but then also with the exertion of web slinging all over new york city <laughs> and that's amazing to me i i love that kind of stuff like i'm i'm so obnoxious to watch voiceover things with like video games and animation because i'll hit people near me and be like do you hear that breath work they're doing do you know how hard that is you're the third dimension in this forum that's so beautiful like spider-man right now is the one that i'm probably geeking out the most and those spider-man playstation games yep. are probably like those are up there in my top favorite spider-man stories too the storylines in those are brilliant and i'm gonna get miles morales later today <gasps> Or we're not today because I got PS5 too much today. that you have? Yes, that that you, you don't have. That I right don't now. have. I'm the only person who doesn't have a PS5. I'm gonna. Chris, I, think I, I bet you are an amazing voiceover coach. <gasps> Thank you, Aaron. I, I like to. Do you I do am. virtual coaching? Like I if do. someone in another state wants yeah, to coach with you, I do it on Zoom. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, know. let's keep moving here. Next up, Seven to the Lynn Waters writes, loved episode five of Boba Fett. One question though, why is the Darksaber so difficult to handle? Was this explored in Clone Wars or something? I don't recall, but I, I got to imagine not just anybody can pick up any kind of lightsaber and use it. Although, you know, Obi-Wan handed it to him like an idiot. And so, I mean, really, when you think about it, Obi-Wan hands Luke this lightsaber doesn't tell him anything about it. <laughs> and I can just see Luke looking down the barrel, go, what does this do? And hitting yeah. the button. I mean, that was very irresponsible of Obi-Wan. Just want to point that out. But I think we're we're it it gives us a character path now that Din needs to master. One of his conflicts is against the nature of the Darksaber. He's gonna have to learn to 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 handle it. All right. Next up. Uh Icy Fisher uh Tenacity writes, the Godzilla show should use uh cryptids. It's cool. I'm not quite sure I know what cryptids are. It's a cryptid. Cryptids? Uh, yeah, anyway. All right, Anthony Mar Mar Martinelli writes, I love this episode of The Mandalorian. Me too, Anthony. Totally did. Andy writes, Lionsgate should have hired Ray to do its marketing for Moonfall I because agree. his description of the moon attacking the earth got me hyped to see it. I'm telling you, the studios are going to start lining up. I was going to say, how do y'all know he's not being paid? There I mean, you go. They're mm -hmm. all going to be lining up to contact me. It's kind of in the NFL. 
If you want to hire an assistant coach to be your coach, you got to get permission <laughs> no, from the team not first. Right. I'm going to have studios contact me. Say, can we have permission to speak to Ray Ora, please? Yeah. Uh, no, nah. F you. He's my <laughs> brother-in-law. He's working with me and yeah. working with me exclusively. All right. Next up. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, I like that Din injured himself with the Darksaber. I love that that happened. Injured himself with the Darksaber because they weren't properly trained to use it in the first scene. Yes. When that happened, at first I thought that's kind of silly, but I'm like, no, that's kind of awesome that they had him do that. Because once again, it shows that these are dangerous weapons to use. Number two, he's not really trained to use a lightsaber. But number three, there's a specific challenge with it. And I like that they kind of laid that groundwork that paid itself off a little bit later. What if Disneyland started doing that? Selling the darksabers, but you had to win a challenge in order to defeat <laughs> You had to fight somebody to buy it. it. In Just order you to and buy a little it. kid have to fight yeah. each other? <laughs> yeah. I like I like that Darksaber, please. Excellent. You must now face the challenge of worthiness. What? Yes, you have to fight this dog. And well, then you like on the wall. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You have to be a certain height to get yeah. on rides. Why shouldn't you have to pass a certain litmus test to be able to get a you know a, a weapon? And then on the wall they have pictures like they do with the food challenges in the Here restaurant. Are the people who successfully won. And, and they're those all bruised. the ones that perished. <laughs> <laughs> These are the ones that died. Man, Disneyland is getting dangerous. Know, getting Damn you, Bob the story, baby. People are dying at the park. <laughs> All right, Ryan Lawner writes, uh, given Aaron's issues with spiders, I'm guessing she had to completely skip one certain episode of The Mandalorian. You know the one. Oh, okay. did oh. you see that one? This is why I love you guys so much because number one you watch the show so thank you for the support number two you pay attention to the, to the show and number three you actually um you actually warned me i got so many warnings of people who said don't hey, watch this episode don't watch this episode or no 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 hey aaron fyi trigger warning at you know and then gave me the time oh, the, time the time stamp so that i knew going in okay there's going to be an eight-legged freak in this show and then i told tom i was like it's supposed to come around this time so you just let me know when it's done and then we watched the show and then i was like okay it's coming up it's coming up and he goes okay here it is and i was like okay okay and then it was like making all those noises oh yeah which are like spider noises and so i had to like cover my ears as well so yes you are right there was a very specific episode which i was not allowed to watch um but thanks to this incredibly beautiful and generous community i was warned and so i i thank you guys i, I love that they gave you a timestamp. that is so oh, nice of it was like it actually I kind of like episode. made me sad a little bit like, not sad like it made me weepy of joy like wow the people were looking out for you yeah like, because it, 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 it is a legitimate too. debilitating fear and like i would have nightmares all night if i had seen it and so i was like wow you guys like that's me. really you good really to know like because me. i was having some thoughts of like pranking you or no something. it's like it's not a pr like honestly <laughs> that idea. Okay. It, i would i would actually have a conversation with john and i'd be like i can't do the show of rays here all right <laughs> like we gotta move on here next up uh we've got uh norwegian uh kryptonian rights love the la the latest episode of the mandalorian yes <laughs> again it's a fair criticism to say called the mandalorian but again it's, it is a, a legit chapter of the story uh digovi writes uh that was an excellent episode of The Mandalorian. Bryce Dallas Howard really directed well. Hopefully the Boba show is on the same level. But remember, this is still the book of Boba Fett. It's all the same people. This is just a chapter they told and they showed us they have not forgotten how to tell this type of story. Let's see if that flows over into the remaining two episodes. Oh, John, yes. just to go back a little bit, cryptids, apparently in the chat, we're finding out that there are other creatures like Bigfoot and Chupacabra and stuff like that. Oh, so they were I, saying I that in Godzilla, there should be these other big, crazy beasts like oh. they just, Mothman. 
the other animal, uh, not animals, the other kaiju from the Godzilla IP then? One would think. Uh, I mean, I, mean, look, I guess they got to show. Bigfoot they got to do Godzilla. something in there. All right. Next up. We've got uh, Dan's production says literally the best episode of The Mandalorian. That's not a joke that's getting thin. Uh, Dan Fisher <laughs> writes, uh, one or two. Uh, couldn't Din have explained that keeping his helmet would have gotten him killed or that he did it for when he he and Grogu reunite? Um, also, doesn't he know that part of an ex- that he's part of an extremist group and that removing your helmet doesn't disqualify you as a Mandalorian? Okay, number one. They are so hardcore in this belief. It doesn't matter. Oh, I just explained. Oh, like, hey, Lil, listen, if it's between taking off your helmet and death, you choose death. That's that's their thing. And this has been his life for 35 years. Oh, I met somebody else who said it's OK to take my helmet off. That doesn't that doesn't trump the idea of what has been ingrained in you. Mm since your earliest memories as a child being rescued by these people raised that this is your way of life and you have lived by this code for a year. Oh, but somebody came along. I bumped into in the street and said, Oh no, you can take their helmet off. Eh, it's no, like Catholicism. it really changed anything. It's, yeah. It's like Catholicism. Yeah. And then somebody else coming up to you and saying, Oh no, it's perfectly fine to do whatever. It's like, man, that's what? not the way I was raised. Right. You know how stinky that helmet is. I'm sure he keeps it very clean. I'm sure he cleans it out every night. Like if whenever you're... he's doing his uh, eating or whatever. Yeah. If you're part of an extremist group, though, you don't see yourself as an extremist. No, you see everybody else. It's a belief system. If you're part of a cult of any kind, which it, your version of that could be soul cycle to, you know, religion, however you view that. But they have thought disrupting sayings that kind of get you to move past that. Right. This is the way is a thought disruptor to make you not question things. Ah. So even if he's exposed to something else, again, he's been inundated with this culture for years and years and years. It's not going to take an episode or two for him to just vamoose, you know? Yep. Uh, and again, it adds to the dramatic weight of that scene when he did take off the helmet. Because you Sobbed. understand the 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 importance, the heaviness of that moment. If it was just something he could be talked out of easily, ah, then taking off his helmet's no big deal. Yeah. Like you're like, oh my God, he's doing it. Well, we all he's knew it was going to be Pedro Pascal under there, right? Yeah. That wasn't oh, going to be shocking. <laughs> but it still was this moment of like, Oh my God, he's doing the thing. And yep. the reason he it's was great story And the reason he was doing it. For yeah. 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 So, oh. All right, next up. Uh, we go to uh, Scott F. writes, if Mando wants to see Grogu before before he helps Boba, think we see Luke. Also, kind of funny, the best episode doesn't have Boba in it. I mean, yeah, but again, it's kind of funny that a couple of the best episodes of Mandalorian, Mandalorian wasn't the cause of being at the best episode. Boba Fett was, or Ahsoka was, or Luke Skywalker was. But yes, I, I do kind of wish that when Ming-Na Wen shows up at the end, I kind of wish Bubba was with him, was with her. I, I kind of wish it was the two of them that approached him. I think that would have been kind of just to put Boba Fett's face in it, but not a big but why deal. But why wouldn't he have been there then? He's just watching over the town then, right? And maybe he's making drawing up his battle plans. Yeah, true. Getting, getting ready for war. All right, next up. Uh, we've got Cam K who writes, do you think... Uh, we will get a full Boba episode in Mandalorian season three because we got a full Mandal- Mando episode in Book of Boba Fett, hopefully directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, again, even though it wasn't a full, Boba Fett had his episode in Mandalorian where he was the standout and he was the one that everybody was talking about. So they don't really need to do that because they kind of already did. The, the difference is that Mandalorian was uh, Mando was at least present 
it's not a big deal. It's not really that big of a distinction to me at any rate. All right, Andy writes, the tracksuit mafia could create their own shaving utensils. They could call it broscaped. <sighs> Tagline, shave your bros. Oh, we're back to that. Andy, we were moving on. But I feel like in Godfather 3, every time we think we've moved on from the bro thing, they pull us back in. <laughs> and Andy's pulled us back in. All right, next up, uh, Daya... Uh, Al Shahor writes, uh, ride out with me, ride and meet them for death and glory for Rohan, for your people. Yes. Yes. The horn, uh, the horn from Helm's hammerhead shall sound in the deep one last time. One of the best scenes in movie history. Absolutely. It is. And again, I still like, first of all, King Theoden, when we think about Lord of the Rings, Obviously, we think about Strider and we think about Frodo and Samwise and Gandalf. And of course, we think of all those things. Absolutely. King Theoden, though, may absolutely be my favorite character in those movies. And, and I know I've said it a million times, but one of the biggest chest pounding while also wanting to weep and cry and stand up and just as a man go like that is when Strider runs into the throne room. After Theoden had already said, no, we ain't going to run out and, and help them, Gondor. Where were they when we needed help for this, blah, blah, blah. But then Strider runs in and says, the torches have been lit, which is a blood bond between Rohan and Gondor. The torches have been lit. Gondor calls for aid. Now, this is moment of silence. The camera goes to Theoden's face and he just says, and Rohan shall answer. One of the greatest moments in cinematic history. I mean, he's just talking about it. I feel my blood rushing. He says, oh, I'm sorry, Joey. Did I freak out, Joey? Yes, <laughs> man, Joey. come on. Oh, oh, she's, she's, she's saying, have, have you seen Moonfall yet, John? <laughs> you haven't seen Moonfall yet? She was... Sorry, Joey, but you're, we're talking about Theoden. I she mean, was asleep and oh. she just was like, what? Right, right, right. And Gond and and Rohan <laughs> shall answer. It's like, come on, so one of the greatest things ever. Sorry about that, Joey. Aww. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I'm saying, uh, one of the viewers in the live chat is saying, justice for Joey. <laughs> right. Or or treats at least. Oh, oh yeah, she'll oh, she get plenty of. I get a lot of treats. All right, Sam Fisher writes. My dad overheard the show yesterday and said the last Star Wars thing he saw was Solo in theater, and he was interested in Mandalorian. So guess who's rewatching with me? That's awesome. Oh, it's great. Oh, gonna have a good time. That is great. I love hearing that, man. Love hearing that. All right, next up. Uh, John Redcord writes, if Moon Knight appears in Moonfall as the villain, over under 40%, Rod, Rob's head explodes like the scene in The Kingsman. Oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what. So me, Ray, Chris, Rob, we're all running out to go see Moon Moonfall tonight. I mean, I'm excited to see it. I am. Oh, wow. That sounds like a really fun thing that you guys you are all doing. You weren't here. You weren't here when it came up. No, it's oh, fine. And, and Rob was no. only able to get four passes. But no, actually, it. at first, I thought it was only two. So him and Ray were only going to be yeah, the only ones to go. It's going to be a, now two people are interrupting our mandate. Well, actually, oh. you know what? You know what? He couldn't get the all four seats together. So you and Rob are going to sit together oh. and watch oh. it. And me and Chris oh are going to sit up closer to the front. Like, we're gonna we're not going to have That's the best fine. seats. I'm just... That's fine. This is about you and Rob. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. This is, each other's hands. this is a whole year for me right here. <laughs> this is it. This is what it's all about. Natural disaster. 
making love on the screen is gonna be awesome the person who has is looking forward to this more than anyone else on the planet and then the person who could give so few shits about it sitting together sharing a box of popcorn this is gonna be great all right next up cam k writes uh, there are only so many things that leave me in a great feeling of suspense. Mando's commercial flight. That was great. Mando's commercial flight was one of those things. Man, the relief when he opens the weapons box. Phew. Listen, I don't, we, this can't, you can't undersell this. The fact that Bryce Dallas Howard was able to take something as mundane as the act of like we all do at the airport, take out everything, put it in the box, come back to the box and pick everything back up. I'm sure it was written well too, but the way Bryce Dallas Howard orchestrated that, used the right camera angles, used the right musical undertones, used the right pauses, you felt this incredible, like I think that was the most tense episode for me as he's just pulling out the different weapons but then gets to the Darksaber. And we're like, no, yeah. don't put it in the box. We were losing our minds at home. Logan was like, oh, that's going to be gone. That, yeah, that, we, all we don't have that, that anymore. Right? Yeah. But then it wasn't. And he gets it back and we're like, oh, and you felt this big sigh of relief. That is some first rate directing right there. That is some first rate directing, taking something that could be so potentially mundane and silly with the TSA robot agent. I need you to take your weapons, please. Is that a Star Tours robot too? It kind of looked like okay. it. Okay. Yep. Totally did. All right. Let's keep moving on here. Uh, next up, we got Cutter Hale who writes, uh, at a second run theater near me, uh, they're showing, ooh, I forgot to, that's why I'm starting to get warm in here. At a second run theater near me, they're showing the MCU in chronological order uh, till July this week is, till July this week. Sorry, till July. Guys, punctuation is our friend. Um, they're showing the MCU in chronological order till July. This week is Iron Man 1. What MCU movie would you want to see at a theater again? I'm pumped to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, man. Well, it I, wouldn't be Endgame. Uh, <laughs> no more pee breaks. But now you know when you can go. True. I Again, to me, there are few joys I have more than running back to the big screen to see movies that we haven't had a chance to see on the big screen in a bit. Mm. Um, Black Panther is one of them. Black Panther's not my favorite MCU movie, but just the, the use of the scenery and the action choreography in it is amazing. I got to say, probably the one I'd most look forward to running back to seeing on the big screen would be Civil War. Oh. Not mm -hmm. just because it's one of the greatest movies they've made, but that airport fight scene, mm -hmm. to see that on the big screen again would be amazing. And there's still, to, to this day, there's some of my favorite movies of all time that I've never, ever had a chance to see on the big screen. Like uh, River Kwai, Bridge of the River Kwai. I've never had a chance to see that on the big screen. Mm -hmm. I've never seen um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia on the big screen. I've mean, seen these movies dozens of times. Sure. I never saw Spartacus. Not the oh. TV show. Uh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. Again, another one of those grr moments is yeah. they're all, I am Spartacus. It's like, come on. A lot of those, but uh, there would be many, Cutter, there would be many that I would love to go and see uh, on the big screen again. All right, Casey Mack writes, uh, this is mostly for Ray. The official trailer for Halo the series lands this Sunday during the halftime of the AFC Championship game. Is it during the AFC? I thought you said NFC. I did say NFC, but I think I was wrong. I oh, think it was no. AFC. So it's going to be Kansas Bengals, right? Oh, so that means I can't hide away from the watching the game. You got to watch the game now. Uh, you should right. be watching the game anyway. I know, I know. I know me and the 
Cincy Barber were chatting on Instagram and I said, okay, I'm going to stop being negative. I just told them it's because if they lose, it would hurt so bad. So I want to be negative. But you know, but you know what? They gone this far. I'm going to be a proud Bengal fan. Let's do it. Let's you get it. You are free rolling right now. Let's get it. You know what? Who, even if they get slaughtered, they're, the, think about this. The Bengals, you never would have said this at the beginning of the year, are playing in the AFC championship oh, yeah. game. I'm already Win or lose, on. they're free rolling right now. Yeah, yeah. I think they're in a really good spot. All right, next up. Uh, where we go? Cam K writes, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say now that Book of Boba Fett, or at least Episode 5, is mandatory viewing for The Mandalorian Show. Oh, yeah. like, But let's face it. If you're watching Mandalorian, you're watching Book of Boba Fett. And if you're watching Book of Boba Fett, you're a Mandalorian viewer. So you're right. I think this was laying groundwork for season three as well. All right. Ray, uh, Rafael Castillo writes, a heads up on a great film, Boiling Point, starring uh, Stephen Graham. Tense look at the restaurant business, particularly the kitchen and head chef. Filmed in one take, it grabs you and doesn't let go. Ooh. I am so interested in this oh, i've never heard of it hell yeah and it's what is the what is it called boiling, boiling point. point boiling point Ooh, and it's a narrative film but about like the behind what goes on inside of a kitchen of a I, restaurant I, I, it's a filmed one in one shot <gasps> well that's not why i would watch it because There's, that's, that's interesting to me no no, no. I, and, and i and i and i get it like you know that's a cool thing but ultimately uh, th there is something about this whole world of what happens inside mm -hmm. of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all been to a restaurant, whether it's McDonald's or, you know, whatever. And so we all understand the basics of what happens at front of house. But shows like um, uh, Hell's Kitchen and yeah. even the Great British Bake Off, you know, uh, uh, uh the Iron Chef, you know, all of these shows. And also we've seen that the personalities of head chefs are really fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll we'll leave it at that. And so I think that we given that we haven't really explored. I mean, I was on a very, very short lived series called Feed the Beast with David Schwimmer and Jim Sturgis, I which was that show. Thank you. It was on AMC. Was fantastic. But I think that we need more narratives about what goes on in the back in the behind the scenes of restaurants because it's a really fascinating world. Absolutely. The best one you can ever see is Ratatouille. I love <laughs> Ratatouille. It's precious. All right. Next up, uh, we've got uh, Joe Star Gaming 661 writes. It's funny and sad how the best episode of Boba Fett is when he wasn't even in the episode. Also, I'm wondering the history about the No Pants Thursday, now Wednesday. And I love Joey Bishop, but I am biased since my name is Joey. So there's Aww. that too. So the, the origins of No Pants Thursday, I can't remember which one of the two of you. I think it was Aaron. Really? Probably Aaron. I feel oh, like. I don't, know. I don't even know the origin of No Pants Thursday. It was one of the two of you. Like we were doing a yeah. show, on th we were doing our Thursday show, and one of you coined the phrase... No pants. No Thursday. pants Thursday. And ever since, it, like it, it's kind of like the bring on the filthy pants. thing. As soon as I said yeah. it the one time, it caught on with the audience. Y'all are seeing became, here to here. You don't yeah. know what's going. You don't know the upstairs downstairs situation. <laughs> the, yeah, the, to the, yeah. front of the, the bottom half is where this all is the action, action is, is, and there's mm -hmm. no pants today. <laughs> and you'll never know. You'll never know. All right. Next up. Uh, let's see. Uh, and by the way, Joe Star Gaming sent in like a $20 tip sending that in. So thank oh, you so much for that, Joe Star. We appreciate that, man, very much. And we're glad your name is Joey, too. All right. Mufasa writes, that episode was wizard. I will say the one part of the episode that made me go, uh, 
was when he was when he got out of the ship said it was wizard I'm like oh no that's a callback i could have done without but whatever uh andy writes if jupiter sending was so bad then should i have been then should then should have it been called stupider ass ending oh i because it rhymes with jupiter ascending stupider ass ending oh, i'm telling you it's not quite in the unholy trinity of the three worst big release movies of all time which are in no particular order catwoman uh battlefield earth and the highlander 2 those that's the unholy trinity of the worst wide release films in all time in my opinion but i'll tell you what jupiter sending is right it's close it's up there with them all right alex hobson writes john the rock will 100 be in a Fortnite movie as an avid player it does have a formal narrative but nobody cares about um and the rock is an actual main character in the game as as uh as the foundation and yeah mando was cool so what of you guys were mentioning that before we started the show that that not only oh yeah right that, that he's actually a character in Fortnite, right yeah the foundation okay so I mean that could be the, the indication. Yeah, the foundation, and then people are saying like some of the paint on his um, armor kind of resembles, kind of like they. I think they're reaching there, but the placement of like the paint is where his tattoo is and things like that. All right. Next up, we got Suthius who writes a small, simple scene, but I love the airline scene with the kid. I love seeing how peaceful everything seems, and I love that perpetual spinning world. Listen, I'll tell you what. Another reason, a simple. A seemingly simple throwaway scene. The little Rodian turns around and like waving at Boba Fett. But all of a sudden you start that happening made me think something's about to happen. And you feel tension. And you're also feeling like Mando is a changed person because of Grogu. And what's he thinking and feeling? So again, a well-directed scene that is apparently just a throwaway thing, but you actually felt it as you're going through it so well. Again, Bryce Dallas Howard, thank you. And I cannot wait to see more of what you do. All right. Uh, South Texas Shark writes, Ray versus Chris challenge, ketchup and eggs. Yeah, That's a challenge. If Because somebody wrote in the other day, because both these two, I love eating the food that both of these two make. They're both amazing. And somebody I'm wrote sorry, in the other day. What? Why am I not being included in all this stuff? What? Aaron. Ray cooks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Wait, yeah. Ray, you're not allowed to get butt hurt about me not knowing that you've never cooked for me. Oh well. <laughs> it's only late at night. That's when Chef Pleasure. Well, hey. <laughs> no, it's because at when night Chef that's when I, I comes at, up at to night play. that's when I usually feel like cooking, and no one's really here except John, so he gets. Well, cooked. hey man, yeah. I mean, if you want to make something late night on a Tuesday, bring it in. I'll have it for breakfast. <laughs> Listen, it's better than my oatmeal. Although I will say oats is very good. I'll tell you what. When like whenever Ray's coming over later in the evenings to watch a show with us, whatever, like Anna and I are both like, is he going to bring something? And then when we when he opens the door, we look to see if he's carrying some plastic bags. And if he's carrying plastic bags, we're like, oh, it's going to be do a good you, night. Do you remember that week where I like when I first started staying with you guys in Burbank and I just made dish after dish every week? It was like the greatest week, uh, yeah. couple of weeks of our oh, life. And that yes. chicken, I, I don't remember how I made that chicken, but I still want to. Oh, yeah, that was a fun week. I will move to Corona <laughs> just for that. You should just open up like a 24 hour house. But, but somebody wrote in the other day said you should do like a kitchen, not a kitchen. What was it? Uh, chopped. Not, chopped. You should do like a chopped episode of Chris versus Ray. Then like wow. if one of the two of you could actually make 
a dish with ketchup and eggs that I could actually eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, that would be an accomplishment. Do you still not eat spicy food, though? I still cannot eat spicy, eat spicy food. food. That kind of messes me yeah. up, man. Yeah. Every time, sometimes I actually have to separate what I'm making to not put the spice in one. I used to do that before with you, John. You're getting a little bit better though. That's the hardest thing bit. about eating a, a meal You're with John. You're getting a little better. For me, it can't be spicy enough. I'm Cajun, yeah. like just bring it on. There is say, nothing. We're Texas girls, so Yeah, like, there is nothing that doesn't get Tabasco so or Chapatui. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm all about the spice and John's like, nope, can't have it. I remember this, Anne did it on purpose. So I'm positive she did it on purpose. She says, oh, try this. This isn't spicy at all. And I'm like, okay, um, I'm like, ah, I regret marrying you. Ah. Like, it was, I thought that would have been when you were first dating because she'd be like, this guy's lying. Oh, you could never eat Dave's hot chicken because no. even the mild oh, is so like good. on a next level. Sometimes it's pepper. It'll get to John. It, it all depends. It all depends. Well, I mean, too much pepper will get to most people. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, cinnamon, like, cinnamon. It's that what Canadian. About the higher well, you get away from I, the equator. I like a little bit of cinnamon. Like, I love cinnamon rolls and all that. Like, right. But, but yeah, cinnamon too much cinnamon. Cinnamon is not spite. No, it can be. You a little you bit. If you That's take like too much mollies. cinnamon, you'll you'll gag. You like won't oh, mollies. no. I'm, again, too much cinnamon oh, yeah. is not um, appetizing, but it's not spicy. Well, I mean, it's not hot. Isn't hot tamales like sort of like a cinnamon candy? The hot tamales? Well, yeah. Doesn't it taste a little bit like cinnamon? But look, when it, comes, when it comes like chicken wings, I can order, I can have chicken wings one of three ways. Naked. Mm -hmm. um, Only on the bottom half, though. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um, naked. What's what's the one? Um, 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 not Teriyaki. Teriyaki. Sweet barbecue. And sour. Obviously, and, honey barbecue. And straight bar honey barbecue. That's it. I, I cannot even have Not mild. even barbecue. Honey barbecue. But you know what? The, the Thai uh, popcorn chicken Ann brought in the other day, I thought it was spicy, and you said it was all right. So you're, you're it was, getting oh, a little yeah. right at the edge, though. It was right at the edge right, of my Right, because I had a piece of that, yeah. and it was it was spicy. It was, it was, it was right So I was like, there's tolerance. no way yeah. that John would be it able to eat it. It all depends on how hungry you are, I guess. Okay, we got to keep moving here. We still have more questions to go here. Let's see here. Uh, Phil Le, mm, Le McCool, Le McCool, I hope I'm saying that right, Phil, writes, Halo Ring in Star Wars. Uh, no, it doesn't mean anything, but pretty cool nonetheless. And that space scene was, sh was sure it was going to become an infamous Los Angeles speed chase. That would have been fun. But listen, here's the other cool thing about that space ring, that Halo Ring they were in. It, I forgot how monotonous it can be that every single episode has been in the desert of this world. This is this desert planet. And a lot of Mandalorian is just on desert worlds. If it's not Tatooine, it's another desert world to actually be in this true sci-fi environment. When he's taking the lift and you're seeing this like sprawling space station city and everything, it's, it's like, Oh yeah, now it feels like star Wars. It did feel a little bit like being on space mountain. A little bit. Like, yes. For a couple of moments where I was just, they shoot, they shoot this at Disneyland? What's happening? But I liked, I thought it felt pretty good. All right, Andy writes, uh, the CIA never finds uh, the Messiah. Then it would be the biggest missed opportunity in the world if they don't yell, Jason Bourne, it's Jesus Christ. I have no idea what Andy's talking about. Is that is there that a show reference? I have no idea. All right. Uh, Crashing Coyote writes, the sequel will be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Jedi. Uh, and plot is <laughs> Vader tries to turn Cal. Final mission, Cal is turned and sent to kill Obi-Wan, forced to kill Cal to prevent another Vader, but spares BD-1. Well, as long as BD-1's okay. I I'll tell you what. That is not a bad-sounding synopsis for the game. 
It helps with your plot hole issue too. It does about the, how many Jedi's are right now. Plus it adds a Shakespearean tragedy element to it. I'll tell you what, Crashing Coyote, I like the sounds of this. Sign me up. I mean, a lot of people would be very, very butthurt. No, I love Cal. I don't want it. But listen, every fallen Jedi started as a great, lovable, do-gooding kind of dude and ends up that way. I'll tell you what, Crashing, that's that's bold, but I like it. I Sign me up for that. I think that sounds great. All right. Michael Hamilton writes, I honestly didn't think the Naboo Starfighter was going to fly so well. Uh, thought it would be comic relief and sputter when he was trying to fly it. So did I. I was waiting for it. Say, I was waiting for him, especially when he's talking with the, the, the X-Wing fighter pilots. He goes to hit the NAS, you know? Mm-hmm. I was expecting, but no, they just made it work. But that ship still will not work for Mando. Where is he supposed to put all of his stuff? That's what I said too. And where is he supposed to bring his bounties? He doesn't have his freezer. No. Nope. He doesn't his have bathroom? a place for his baby. His bathroom. That they showed us in episode one of Mandalorian. Hey, Amanda, that first time we saw a toilet in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. There's a bathroom on the ship. Where is he going to pee? That's all I got to know about. You're Where's not peeing pee? in your Vescar suit. Yeah. That's just, that's they're, 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 they're going to make an RV trailer. Uh, <laughs> and he tracks yeah. along behind. That always mm-hmm. falls apart when he speaks. A U-Haul. <laughs> I love that. Okay, uh, let's see. Cam K writes, I've always liked Star Wars. Not loved it, but liked it. I love Mandalorian. And to me, it's the best Star Wars has ever done. Din, again, felt so cool. Yeah, listen, I I love Mandalorian. It is not my favorite. Like, uh, the original Star Wars trilogy is head and shoulders above everything. I still prefer, like, The Force Awakens. I still prefer Rogue One. But Mandalorian is awesome. And I have been loving it. And, uh, man, seeing him show up again... It just, it's like, oh yeah, that's, uh, you forget how much you missed it until he shows up again. All right. Uh, Ice Fisher Tenacity writes, Cad Bane should be uh, the Pike's muscle. I, I still think there's a possibility he pops up in this episode or in this series. There's two episodes left. Could very well be the next episode. Maybe he's one of those pieces of muscle that uh, Ming-Na Wen goes out and knows how to get and find. We'll see. Cole Reed writes, do you think they should reboot the DCEU or let the Flash say, sorry, let me try this again. Do you think they should reboot the DCEU or let the Flash say that they split the timeline and erase previous films? What has become clear to me is that the Flash is going to soft reboot the DCEU. Because when we saw that one of the murals in the street is a mural of Batman, but it is not the Ben Affleck Batman, and it's an old mural, which means this is a Batman that has been around for a long time. That tells us that the events of Flash, and, and sorry, and that mural is not in the Flash, that mural's in the upcoming Batgirl movie. <clears throat> that tells me that this Flash movie is resetting the DCU and it's going to change a bunch of things. One of the things is going to be that Ben Affleck's Batman was never there. And so, yeah, I really do. Th- I'm starting to, now, I have nobody from the studio telling me this. I'm just, this is just me interpreting it, but that Batgirl information that tells me that the flash is soft rebooting the DCU. Whether that's true or not, we will find out soon enough. All right. Uh, Jack master Nord writes good episode, but not one of my favorites. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I don't think it was a perfect episode. Like I, I think there were episodes of Mandalorian that were better than this episode, but still a very, very strong episode. Mr. Holdbrook writes, I got mass effect vibes when Mando was on the halo ring. Yep. At, at the start of the episode. I don't think you're alone in that, Mr. Holbrook. I think you're right on the money with a lot of other people as well. All right. Cutter Hale writes, 
John, did you see the Jackass social media reactions? They're great. I can't wait to see this next week. No, I haven't. And I know it's not the popular thing to say. I know in this room, you're supposed to say it's Moonfall, but I cannot wait for Jackass. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's, it's it, going to be great. Have you guys seen the social media stuff that no. Cutter Hale's talking about? No. But I wanted good... to go in blind. I didn't want anything spoiled for No, no, spoilers <laughs> for Jackass. It's a good play for Jackass, though, to, to go on the same day as Moonfall. So hoping that people, after they watch Moonfall, would want to go see Jackass afterwards. We'll just stay well, in the theater yeah, and you go know, see. No, you know what it is? They know that, okay, Moonfall is going to sell out every single theater. So right. all these people are going to be at the theater with no seats. Oh, and that's Well, too. we got to see something. That's yeah. Too. So we'll go that's see Perfect Jackass. sense. Jackass, good play. There we go. By the way, Jackass, box office pros projecting Jackass to make in the realm of $30 million, which would make it the second biggest opening in the Jackass franchise. And Moonfall right now is projected to make eight to $12 million opening weekend. Eight to $1,200. Eight to $1,200 million. Eight to $1,200. Oh, wow. It's all right seeing it over and over again. theaters are preparing for the tens and tens of people who are showing up to watch Moonfall. I'm trying to buy a Moonfall, like, shirt, but how come no one sells one? <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna have to make my own. No, baby. I'm gonna have to make my I'm own. I'm so excited Where's for your Halle Berry action figure yeah. from Moonfall. Come yeah. on. I am excited to see the movie. Yeah, yet. I am too. I'm getting more excited. All right, just a couple yeah. questions left here, guys. And we, by the way, guys, I should have mentioned we are cutting today's episode a little bit short because we have a lot of things we need to accomplish today, including some meetings that I have, and including that we got to drive out to Burbank to go get ready to see moonfall we're gonna see that all right let's pick things up here with tim platt who writes voice of charlie brown i did hear about this the voice of charlie brown died from suicide please if anyone is struggling oh, uh, right now oh, seek out help and talk to somebody uh, look I'm, I'm not gonna pretend i'm a mental health professional i'm not but um Do not think you are alone. Like, honestly, you owe, owe it to yourself that if you are somebody who's in a dark place like that, invest a little bit in yourself to make one phone call. Whether it's somebody you know, somebody who loves you, maybe it's one of the professional helplines or whatever, and decide today that you owe it to yourself to at least do that. Um, you are not alone. There are people there to help you. And, and that is a, a terrible thing to hurt. And I was really sad to hear about that. And, and uh, I'm going to, can I say something yeah. on the flip side of that? Um, not just if you are hurting, reach out to someone, but everyone, I'm going to, I'm going to make this pledge myself. And I hope that you guys will all join me. Just the first name that pops into your head, not someone that you talk to every day, but the first name that pops into your head of somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, just reach out to them today because you never know if today might be the day that they really need to hear from you mm -hmm. or need yeah. to hear from somebody. Absolutely. So it's not just if you're hurting, it's also just all of us, everyone, we can all reach out to one person and say, hey, just thinking about you, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, like, be proactive and uh, and and talk to, talk, reach out just, because you never underestimate the power of just someone giving you a phone call. Yeah. Just somebody, it's, it's a powerful thing, it's great. All right, uh, last question today comes to us from Spencer Nielsen who writes, Classic movie recommendation, Orson Welles' follow-up to Citizen Kane, The Magnificent uh, Ambersons. While it's tragically incomplete, uh, what we did get was compelling. Have you all see it? I've heard of this, but I've, I've never seen anything about it. I've never seen any about Such it. Such an unpopular opinion just because film classes, like History of Film, made me watch Citizen Kane over and over <laughs> again. I just, I, I can't mess with that movie. I just, it's something that I've been told is so amazing too many times that just when I watch it now, it's... 
Yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it Sorry. still is, but I think the AFI had Citizen Kane listed as at number one of the all time for a long time. It may may or may not still be. I very much like Citizen Kane. Mm -hmm. I do. It is not in my top twenty, personally. No. It's not, but I, I mean, it's still great. It's groundbreaking. Super influential. Absolutely. Rosebud. Yeah. It's the but, sled. It's the sled. There, big spoiler, what? everybody. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Rosebud like is the sled. Also, like you always say, John, the best movie is the movie that you like the most. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what is on an AFI Top 100. It doesn't matter what wins the Academy Award. The best movie for you for you is the one you like the most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Treasure Island. Boom. Treasure Island. There we go. Moonfall. <laughs> uh, coming to the Academy Awards this year. And all right, guys, with all that down, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Camp Show, again, apologies that we have to cut today's show a little bit short. We we do have a big dance card on our plate that we have to take care of today. So please indulge us. We'll get caught up a little bit more in the next couple of days. Thank you guys so much for being here and being a part of today's show. Special thank you to all you guys who sent in those comments and questions. Number one, you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. I'm sorry, I had to brain freeze over a second. You supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved in the John Campion Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. I want to thank the people in the room, starting right over here, Aaron Cummings, and the still recovering from my sudden shock, Joey Bishop. How are you? Where can people find you guys? <laughs> you, We are doing great, and you can find us at Aaron Joey. L. Cummings. You can also watch me on an episode of The Rookie, which is airing on February 27th, and if you haven't seen it, you can see me and my husband, Tom, on King in King Richard with Will Smith. And sitting right beside her, Chef Pleasures, you had Ray like, Aura. You had a, like a brain fart, but you were looking up. I know what you're looking up for. Moon, the moon the falling. Moon. Moon <laughs> we're all scared. If we're here tomorrow, if you we're can here catch tomorrow. me at Ray Aura with a zero. <laughs> and right beside Ray, of course, is Chris Carr. Chris, where can people follow you? You can follow me on all socials at, at actor Chris Carr. Chris with a K, Carr with two R's. My parents went phonetic. <laughs> and of course you guys can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter simply at John Campia that'll do it for us for now guys thanks a lot for being here my name's John Campia and until next time my friends bye bye <laughs>